Welcome to Game Face, episode 296 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your host for the next couple hours of engaging video game discussion. Alongside me to share in that discussion is Matthew Kyle. What's up, Matt? How are you, man? All right. Um, doing better than my player in MLB The Show. <laughs> Doesn't know how to run from third. <laughs> um, so last on last week's episode, we talked about Matt's film projects and how he was at a film festival mm-hmm. in Phoenix and how there was a user vote uh, where you guys could go, and it was, what, a dollar per vote? A dollar per vote. Yep. Pay to win. Pay to win, basically. Um, And he just kind of mentioned it offhand, and you awesome people went and voted for his film. Yeah, we were were number one uh, that afternoon, and we weren't that morning. And we we stayed number one until uh, Saturday when... uh, a bunch of other shorts poured a lot of money. The into, ballot stuffing, yeah, and <laughs> it began. The eBay sniped it basically, but we're we're on the on the leaderboard page for the whole week, which was some visibility. So that was good. So thank you for that. that was, yeah, uh, that was awesome. That, that, that you did guys, do, we didn't win, but it actually did uh, did good. Yeah, us. that's amazing, guys, that you did that. So thank you very much. Uh, just another sign that we have an awesome community here at Sifted and on our streams every week. Um, some housekeeping. Uh, Shane versus Elden Ring is ending. This Saturday will be the last episode of it. It's um, all you can take. Yeah, it's. I am pretty much overplaying the game at this point. But um, I would also say that like it, it really isn't a struggle anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just kind of going through the game, and uh, that's obviously thanks to all you guys who helped me along the way and told me what to do and set up my character the best way. Uh, but the game hasn't really become hard. It isn't really hard anymore. Like I'm mm-hmm. just kind of just making progress, and I think yeah, that's kind of. I mean, that's. You probably crossed a, a boundary on that. It's the it's sort of that feeling. It's like, yeah, I know what I need to do. I just need to do it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Once I started um, using the shield, yeah, it became easy. Well, yeah, because you just hold the shield, and as soon as they attack, you just hit R two, and it just you can just walk through most of the rank and file enemies that way, and that changed like everything. Like mm-hmm. it just be, it became. So, I mean, sword and shield is this is the standard mode for the Souls yeah. games. Yep. But anyway, thanks to you guys for helping me along the way. I definitely played this game way more than any other from software game that i have ever played by like a mile um and that's a big deal and that's all because of you guys i never would have stuck with it as long as i did um so this saturday the last one uh i'm trying to think of how i can go out in a blaze of glory for the last stream Uh, (laughs) seriously though like Um, like maybe we should just go somewhere and just try to fight a boss or something start thinking about it guys for the stream on saturday if you guys want to show up to that where uh, it starts at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Saturday at twitch.tv slash Sifted Games, right where you're watching this right now. Um, I think I, I had some fun with it. Um, mm. I haven't hated my time playing the game. I enjoyed more of the the back and forth with you guys than I enjoyed actually playing the game. Um, but ultimately, I had some enjoyment from it. Definitely a couple bosses that I defeated. I got a nice charge out of it. Um, some adrenaline shots to the, to the dome, so to speak. Uh, but it is ending. Uh, this Saturday will be the last stream for that. People just, I think, lost interest when they realized that it wasn't going to be me like losing my crap every episode mm-hmm. and like throwing my controller or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think people people thought I was going to do yeah, it. It's just... not nearly as enjoyable when the frustration of you not knowing what the hell is ha- is happening all the time isn't there. Like when you when you're so okay now he's competent. Yeah, but, like that. It loses its charm. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> 
I don't blame you guys for that at all. Like, I think that was that's why it was called Shane versus Elden Ring. Um, so I'm not saying that you're wrong for losing interest when you realize that I wasn't going to get destroyed. Because um, I think that was part of the charm of the stream was you guys seeing if I could actually get over the hump with one of these games. Again, which I did, thanks to you guys. So thanks for being a part of that. And again, this Saturday is the last stream. Uh, another thing... MLB The Show 22, I thought I was going to put it in the show, and then I decided against it because I hate it, because <laughs> I can't hit the ball. Um, I literally can hardly hit the ball. Like, I, you were playing minor leagues downstairs. I haven't mm-hmm. tried, like, to go through that to see if it's a little easier. And maybe I should have. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, I mean, I was play, I played a couple of the, you know, major league games outside a row to the show, and it was fine. Yeah. I, I did, you know, I didn't really have any. I mean, I it's the normal issue of... You know, a 3D baseball game where it's very hard to tell the velocity of a pitch coming at you because it's not real life. You know, yeah. so you're just sort of trying to gauge the you know, size of the, the ball, the size basically. of a white ball, white thing <laughs> expanding at you, and that's very yeah. difficult. And there's still there's still pitches where I'm just like, oh, I think it's coming in. It's like, no, it's a 67 mile an hour changeup. Like, yeah. you completely missed. Like, I I, I do fine. Uh, although in my road to the show, player has mostly been shifted to pitching because I'm much better at that. So uh-huh. they're putting me on what I perform at. Like I can I can pitch like a one or two hit nine inning game with, with a little problem, but I've had a couple games where I was like one for five. <laughs> like that's that's <laughs> it's a very crazy complicated. Like baseball games have always been the most complicated sports games to play, and this game gives you so many options yeah, to you get how of, you want to you play. Get like five pitching interface yeah, options. Yeah, it's crazy. And, like four batting interface options, and you gotta try each one. You know, I tried every one and decided which one I liked the best. Mm-hmm. And like the, the default pitching option is bonkers. Like yeah. it's like you have to pick the pitch, and then you have to put push the right analog stick in a certain place that is marked with a dot, and then you have to roll the analog stick around the edge up to the top of the the analog stick like thing. And the smoothness and speed is different for each pitch type. And if you don't do it right, the pitch goes wild. It's and I'm like, crazy. okay, not do. I'm just going to that standard meter thing. I, I just, yeah. uh, just give me the meter, and so the meter's fine. It yeah, I fine. felt like baseball games got to a certain point with like Ken Griffey's baseball and like the Super Nintendo, where the base running and stuff had been sorted. Like, yeah, we they, all they kind of figured there is it out. An, there is finally an option for like classic <laughs> base yeah. running, where it's just or, or like fielding, where it's like the Y button is second base. Yeah. Like, the top yeah. is... Uh, just make it the diamond. Yeah. Don't, and the don't change it by the camera or angle. Or the A button is home plate. Yeah. Always. Like, your buttons are the diamond. And if I yeah, want to throw it at first, I hit circle or I hit B. Like Yeah, there have been versions of the show where, like, it, by default, it switches that if you're facing... If the camera's behind you in the field, oh god! I'm like, no, I'm not going to remember that <laughs> that that, the, that triangle button is yeah. suddenly home because I'm facing the other way. I'm thinking of it as the diamond. Yeah. Um. But overall, I, there's not much to say about it. It's just it's the show. It's all the it's stuff kind of the is in there. Game. Yeah. Like it's it's it looks fine. It plays fine. Um. I I enjoy it, but I'm probably not going to play it too long because it was free. So yeah. I don't yeah. Feel obli- it's on Game Pass. It's on again. Game Pass, so I'm feeling the obligation yeah. to really stick with it too long. It was nice. We ended up covering it anyway, as it turns nice, out. Nice and still around. I don't know if anything's ever going to top World Series base, uh, World Series Baseball '98 on the Saturn. For yeah, me. That was, that I don't was remember me. that one. Uh, the, the, the Saturn base, Sega baseball games were really, really good. Oh yeah, like they were shockingly good huh. at the know time. I, don't, I mean, I haven't played them in forever, but they were yeah. they were the best around at the time because the the nine eight nine stuff was still sort of finding its feet. Yeah, nine eight nine R.I.P. Yeah. They were behind also, all Sony Sports there for a long time. Yeah. Also, I appreciate that uh, the lo- little like loading thing in the corner that like, you know, this little cycle animation that tells you that the game didn't crash. Mm-hmm. Um it's like a, it's a stealth set of the PlayStation button logo. It's it's an X for like a like a strikeout X and the home plate, which is like an upside down triangle, 
and the grid of the batting thing, which is the square, and a baseball, which is the circle. So they're like yeah. sneaking in the PlayStation button that comes. <laughs> I mean, they shouldn't have to sneak them in. Like they're hooking people up by allowing their baseball game yeah, to I, be. I think it's just. I'm sure they didn't tell them like no, because the PlayStation yeah. button things are in the logo at the beginning of the game. Right. You know? Yeah. But like, I'm sure it's just a nice little like. Uh, they're feel, trying to be respectful. Yeah. Or it feels a little sneaky. It yeah, feels, yeah. feels like, yeah, we're still here. <laughs> we know. You know. Great. We all know. Yeah. You know. Uh, one other thing before we get going. Name that game is back today, people. And yeah. not only is it back, it is back in a new form. We're going to have images for you guys. So a series of images to as clues to help you guys guess the game. Now, this is the first time I've done this. I think I've done a pretty good job. I hope people don't guess it in the first two images. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but at the end of the show, we will have Name That Game. Also, the prize for Name That Game comes from Sifter Justin Horman. And he has bought two copies of Tunic, um, which is a game that we talked about two, week, two weeks ago on Game Face. Or was it last week, actually? It wasn't two, last it week. It was two weeks, yeah. Uh, which both of us liked a lot. It's challenging. Um, and I know some of you may say, oh, I get that on Game Pass. Well, this is a code that you will have it forever. So even if you aren't subscribing to Game Pass, it will still be in your yeah, life. Non-Microsoft stuff will eventually rotate out. Yep. So. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, thanks, Justin, for providing a prize for us to do Name That Game. I'm pretty excited about that. Before we get going into the show proper, let's check out the chat and see what's going on in here. Um, let's see. First of all, let's get to all the Twitch Prime here so I can thank you. Oh, there's a bunch of people who did Twitch Prime already. Um, Andy T. Monahan, thank you for subscribing. Fire Native, thank you. Ultimate Villain, thank you. Janderman 1978, good evening to you from Los Angeles, California, my brother. Um, Metal Gear Jimmy, thank you for Twitch Prime. Justin Horman, look at you, subscribing and also giving up the free game for Name That Game later on. Minority Games, thank you for subscribing. Rosencrantz, thank you for gifting tears. You guys are just hooking it up. Um, Lesteved, thank you for gifting more, more subs. This is awesome. Look at all you guys gifting subs already. Um, Cinetike, thank you for the bits. That's awesome. Ah, he did that for name that game hype. Awesome. That's very sweet. Um, Squishy Muffin, will the images have audio descriptions? Unless my blathering counts as audio descriptions, no, there will not be audio descriptions. Um, people are already guessing the game Resident Evil 4, Bioshock. I think Bioshock was already a game and named that game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Very it's hard for me on. to remember. Very early on, there was. <laughs> At this point, it's hard for me to remember what games we have and have not used. I probably should have kept a running list, but I did not, and that was probably a mistake. I'm going to end up duplicating one eventually. Mm -hmm. I bet Vincent has a list. He might. It's possible. Uh, anyway, I think that's it for all the early uh, well, housekeeping. We should, we should also know that uh, it's very windy here today. Oh, and yeah. Sometimes in my neighborhood, the wind makes the power go out, so if we disappear, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> There is a possibility that the stream may go down. Um, we may just lose all power and yeah. everything would go down. Usually it comes back pretty fast, but it takes a while for the internet to boot back up. Yeah. We'd, we'd probably be back in like 10 minutes usually. but 10 minutes, we may just finish the show offline at that point. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to make you well, guys sit around. Well, if there's no power, I don't know. Yeah, we may not <laughs> yeah. anyway be able to do that even. So we'll see how it goes. It is really windy. In fact, I keep hearing like this knocking sound behind me from the wind. It's hardly ever windy here, which is bizarre because we're right on the ocean. But for whatever reason... Um, Cinetype says it's going to be Quantic Dreams game, just be just to piss off Matt. <laughs> and Vincent says he does not have a list of all the games that we have used in yeah, that He's going to go make one now. <laughs> that, please don't. That's way <laughs> too much work. Even if we duplicate a game, I don't think it's a big deal. 
Um, so I'm not that concerned about it. Um, Actually, yeah, Shaniki, I agree that Rise of, of Skywalker is the best has the best levels of the of the Lego Star Wars game. I, I finished all of them this week. And, oh, really? And this, the the yeah, Rise of Skywalker, while being the worst Star Wars movie, is the best Lego Star Wars game section. Uh, but I do still feel like it's weirdly. Mm, I'm just left a little colder than I wanted to be by that game overall. You mean in general? In general, and then I went back. I was like, I finished all the story. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go back and do the, the open world, find the bricks stuff in the in the in the in the large areas, and listen to podcasts. And I'm not having fun with that either. Like the 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 stuff that I the, the some of the bricks are just too like brain dead easy, mm-hmm. and the ones that are more of a challenge like don't feel like like it doesn't feel like there's a logical way to solve anything. You sort of look around, and be like, oh, there's the button. It was just it was just behind this around the corner. It was like there's nothing to indicate that's where it was. I just had to wander around until I found it, and there's nothing satisfying about any of that. So you don't agree with some of the hyperbole that it's the greatest Star Wars video game ever? No, that's absolutely ridiculous. It's not even in top ten. Really, not in top the I top would, ten. I wouldn't say so. No. Well, I'll say one thing. I trust your opinion on Star Wars video games. So that's all. I'll just leave it at that. Like it's you fun. guys should too. <laughs> it's fun, but it's not. It's not what it could have been. Okay. At all. I, I'm still really enjoying it. I'm having a good time with it. But. I like it, but it's just, I don't know. It's just, the, the level, the actual individual levels for the most part I think are terrible. I think they're just in, unengaging and too short and... They're short, very, sure. very, very uninventive most of the time. There's not much Lego to them. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there used to be like the build the stuff and interact with the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. There's very little. You just run through the thing, kill some stuff and lift a, flip a switch and you're done. Like it's just... It doesn't give me the stuff I like from a Lego game. It, like, it does the Star Wars part pretty well, mm-hmm. but it doesn't do the Lego part very well to me. Okay. Um, so, and the mo- the stuff I like the best is the space combat most of the time, and all that's really brainless, too. Like, it's, I know it's a kid's game, and it doesn't need to be complicated or anything, but it does feel like they they really worked on the combat and the combos. Like, there's, like, combo videos that look like something out of Devil May Cry from some of these people. Yeah, it's pretty and crazy. Like, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, okay, you can do that, but you couldn't, like... Put it, it just, well, also, it's also not needed. No, it's not. Like, you never need it. Because it's like, they're doing something where they make the enemies invincible and they juggle them forever and stuff. Right. I'm like, that's cool, but there's nothing in the game that takes more than three hits. So no. I don't know what, what the no point need, of any of that is. There's but no need. I don't know do why that. you need to be able to do that. Like, <laughs> either. They're just trying to have fun like, with it, I think. Like, the combat designers had nothing to do for three years, so they put that in there <laughs> while they did whatever the hell the rest of the team was figuring out that time. Yeah. I don't um, know. There, someone did point out that it was, you know, it's a game that was supposed to come out you know, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And so there is sort of a, an element of like things have advanced a little bit since yeah, then. Yeah, even um, in just two years. But even in comparison to like DC supervillains, that had more robust levels and and involvement. And I don't know, I just it feel it feels very shallow, even for what it even is. even for a Lego game. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm still having fun with it though. Yeah, it's not it's not <laughs> bad. It's just I just. You know, I feel like I, I, I'm just becoming the parent that, like, you know, the kid brought home a C, and I'm sort of right. like, well, we know you can do better <laughs> you can than do that. Better than that. Yeah. Yep. Okay, and with that, it's time to kick off the show proper. We're going to start off with a game that I would argue is near and dear to my heart, and maybe Max as well. The House of the Dead remake. It's Switch mm-hmm. exclusive. Matt, what are your memories of the House of the Dead? Uh, my memories of House of the Dead are House of the Dead 2. Really? House you, of the Dead. I, there was never a House of the Dead 1 machine near where I, I lived. Uh, you the, never played the first one? I did on Saturn, but I never saw it in arcades. Wow. Uh, and I played like the re, like when they put it on um, uh, PlayStation 3, like with the with the, the, the Motion Plus. Did they? Yeah. All the, all the House of the Deads came to that. I didn't remember that. 
This has has the dead and two and overkill. Like there were PS3 versions of those. I, I didn't know those. that. I thought overkill stayed a Switch exclusive. Overkill can be everything. Oh, I forgot overkill that for everywhere. some reason. Um, I actually thought the first House of the Dead had only ever come to. I thought there was crappy ports for PC and Saturn, and that was it. Uh, Saturn was okay. Saturn was okay. Uh, but it was one of the the last Saturn games. It was one of the. You know, it was it was alongside. Um, uh, Shining Force 3 and Panzer Dragoon Saga and um, Burning Rangers. It was like that's that last gasp of four games that they made like a thousand copies each or something. Yeah. And now they, they all go for hundreds of dollars now. But yeah, they, they there was House of the Dead. Uh, one got a couple of remasters. I, I definitely remasters. Well, not remasters, but they were like here's a PS here's a PS3 version of the arcade game. Basically, okay, got yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so I played those that way, but but House of the Dead to me is House of the Dead Two, like House of the Dead Two was where the where the series came into its own because House of the Dead Two was widespread in every arcade and very funny. Um, we're meeting G over there. <laughs> Suffer like G did. So yeah, I don't have a lot of uh, really reactions to House of the Dead One. It's but what about in general the House of the Dead franchise, or maybe even just the whole era of light gun games in the arcades? I mean, I like I like them. Okay, uh, for me, the light gun game is um, was sort of the real first. The real first encounter was sort of what the modern arcade is, which is just like you're just here to steal my money. Yeah, like you're, you're like it's they were notoriously evil yeah, quarter munchers, yeah, just cheap shots and like the. Oh, and House of the Dead was fun. I like House of the Dead too. Three was okay. I really liked Overkill. Um, I didn't like Time Crisis as much. I liked uh, Time Crisis because it had the whole cover system. Yeah, I just didn't find that very interesting or intuitive. I guess like the pedal was annoying to me. I liked Point Blank a lot. Yeah, that was that was a really good one. Point Blank was because yeah. it, it was so uh, skill driven. Yeah, and on the PlayStation One, it used the gun cons, which like used the the video input, so it was super precise. Right, which I really liked. Um, and I and, and just in terms of just trashy ones, I loved Carnival. Oh, uh, I had forgotten which, about that one because it had the shotguns. Yeah, it had the cocking shotguns. Yeah, like that was uh, that was the fun part of that to me. What was the? I don't even know if it ever came to the U.S. But what was the light gun Resident Evil game that was in Japanese arcades right around when Resident Evil Four came out? Um, I don't remember. That it one. had Uzis that you used to shoot. I can't remember what it was, but mm. that was also really good. Yeah, there was a few. I mean, there but was that, also, that obviously was at the tail end. It was end also of Gun the... Survivor, right? You yeah, or where you actually had to use the the control pad on the side of the gun. Yeah, to yeah. Move around with that. That was yep. yeah. The, the Resident Evil. Didn't one the that. Gun Cons also have a D pad? Yeah, the Gun on the Cons side? had a D pad. Yeah, on the side. yeah. Um, but this is an era that Matt and I lived through that a lot of you may not have. Um, and the House of the Dead is certainly one of the seminal entries in the light gun mm-hmm. franchise. And I I remember all of them. I remember the first one and the second one. I do agree the second one is far better. And I will add, before we get going on this one, that a remake of House of the Dead 2 is also on the way. This is the first project. Yeah, too bad. You're better off that way. Well, they... Yeah, a, nice. This, they... They should have just waited and included both of them in one package is what I would argue. Yeah, I know. Like, dogs of the AMS. It's time they made a move. Because... Um, I love that guy. I, I, to this day, I believe that 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 guy's voice is computer generated. I don't think that's a real person doing that voice acting. Hmm. It sounds too weird. It's possible. It's possible. The other guys know, but that, but whatever that guy's name was, I can't remember his name. Because really one of the big problems with bringing these games to consoles is that they are designed for the arcades. They are designed 
to keep extracting quarters mm-hmm. from you. Like and they're not here to be fair. They're here to no. To, like there's tons of cheap shots, just tons of things that don't quite work right that aren't in your favor. You turn um, a corner and there's just a zombie there. They just yeah. take some of your health. Period. There's, and you either memorize it or you don't. Yep. And most people are not going to be able to do that whenever they're playing a quarter at a time. When these games come home to a home console and you basically have infinite continues. Although you never did. We never did what? The, the House of the Dead games at least are very careful to not give you infinite continues. Well, this one doesn't either. You have 10 continues per stage, mm-hmm. but even when you run out of those, you can start spending the points that you've earned to buy extra oh, continues. The old version of House of the Dead 2, you got you got seven coins on the Dreamcast version, as I recall. Yeah. Or maybe you could up it to nine, but like for the whole game. And that's a, that's not a lot of credits for that game. This one is pretty generous with the continues. Um and so it loses a lot of its charm, although I would argue charm is probably the wrong word to use when you're talking about how cheap light gun games are as far as, like, getting you to spend more money in the arcade. But it does kind of lose its aesthetic, maybe, mm-hmm. is the best, better word to use, um, when you can just keep continuing over and over. And you don't really have any fear of losing because you're not going to have to spend more money to keep playing. Mm-hmm. It also, as far as, like, length is concerned... You can buzz through these games real quick. Oh, yeah, they're like 20 minutes long, usually. If you, if, you, if you don't die, know what you're doing. It's about 20, 30 minutes to get one through one of these. Yeah, I mean, I think this is probably a little closer to an hour. But I'll say this, like, watching this B-roll, you're going to see the vast majority of the game. Mm-hmm. In fact, in the amount of time we're going to talk about this game, you probably will have been able to play about half of the game yourself. And that's, again, a problem with light gun games. And another reason why I was saying they probably should have waited and released both games as one package to make it a little bit more worth the, worth your while and worth the money. Um, as the story goes, you basically roll up to this mansion where there's a mad scientist named Dr. Kirian who is trying to wipe out mankind with his crazy biological experiments. Um you show up, there's a scientist outside dying, they get, he gives you a photo of all the other scientists who are in the building, and one of the big goals in the game is to save the scientists. And you, I would argue it's impossible to do that, yeah. because sometimes you come into a room and there you have like half a second to shoot the zombie that's like chasing after the mm-hmm. scientist before it grabs a hold of the scientist and eats it. So yes. Don't come. Yeah. Don't come. <laughs> Matt, you're dropping all the lines from this. I also enjoyed uh, Virtual Cop. Yeah, that was a Virtual good one. Virtual Cop was fun because you got extra points if you shot them in the hand and didn't kill them. Yeah, it's called a justice shot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you had all the it was all like the, the like the, the staff doing the voices of the hostages. So you'd have people this like woman would pop up in the bank and be like, "Don't kill me." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, half well, of then the... don't stand up. <laughs> Well, half of the fun in this is just shooting stuff and seeing yeah. what happens. Because there's all kinds of barrels and other things hidden around the environments that you shoot. You can get, like, extra health. Not that you really need it. Uh, you can get bonus points then you could, that you can then use yeah. to get also, more continues. Also, they dismember nicely, which is, you know, they, it was much better than the original. Oh, the visuals in this are night and day. I don't think people realize how bad this game, the original of this game looks. It's, I mean, it's primitive. It's polygonal. But, like, each, like, character's head is, like, four polygons. Like, it looks really rough. And um, so, it, yeah, the visually, this is a vast improvement over what we got before. Although it's still not particularly good-looking or pretty. It also has some frame rate issues, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, it'll yeah, buckle gonna, a little it's bit. It's going to be a theme today, I think. It might be. Yep. 
Um, if you're not familiar with these games, they're basically on-rail shooters. You don't control movement at all. You do have some latitude in how you go through the game, and there are branching paths. So sometimes you'll get to a point where there's like an elevator, and you can choose to either go up the elevator or down the elevator. And honestly, there are a lot of branching paths in this. You probably would need to play it three or four times to truly get through all the sections of the mansion and play all the content that's actually there. There are three different endings that you get depending on how you play. Uh, the best ending, if I remember correctly from the arcade, I thought was like almost impossible to get. Um, in this setting, it's more likely because you can keep playing over and over for free and you can actually memorize things. Um, so there is some incentive to go back and play the game again. Uh, again, I think the whole game is probably about 40 minutes, 45 minutes long when it really comes down to it. Um, there's some other incentive as well to keep playing. There are four difficulty modes, but most of them just seem to alter how much damage you take per attack that you get hit with by the zombies. Um, as I said, you get 10 continues per chapter, but you can buy the extra lives with the points you've earned. Um, as far as the controls are concerned, now you may think, okay, this is a Switch exclusive. That is a marriage made in heaven, a light gun shooter with Switch, because Switch obviously has motion controls as a default built into the Joy-Con. Um, Obviously, the Switch also got rid of the sensor bar that came with the Wii. And I would say that the aiming in this is pretty bad. Mm. It regularly has to be recal recalibrated. There are, there's a button. I think it's, if I remember correctly, you click the right stick to recalibrate. But you have to do it pretty often. I found that the cursor kept drifting to the left of the screen. And I was having to fight it to where I was like pointing the Joy-Con off the screen to have the reticle in the center of the screen. Um, so there's lots of issues with that. It's also sluggish. And some of this, like, you have to be very precise because there may be a zombie getting ready to bite a scientist. Right here. Like, getting ready to bite a scientist. You need to light up that zombie before he does it. And you just... Mm -hmm. The aiming just isn't accurate enough to do it. A lot of the boss fights, like, they have very specific weak points you have to shoot. And they're not hard, but it's annoying trying to get the reticle onto those weak, weak spots on the bosses. So it's not great. There are other control schemes you can use as well. Like you can just use the analog stick on its own, which actually worked better than I thought it would. Or you can use a hybrid where you use the analog stick, but then you can kind of fine tune the aim mm. with the gyro. That reminds me a little bit of like Splatoon. It has kind of one of those control schemes where for the most part, you use the analog stick, but if you really want to fine tune it, you can use the motion controls to do that. So it tries to provide options, but none of the options are really all that ideal. Um, I, if I were trying to play this game to perfection, it would probably drive me bonkers. Hmm. Um, but mo it is easy to get to just get through the game, um, which is kind of its saving grace because otherwise I think it would be pretty annoying. So the Joy-Con gyros do not work great as a replacement for a light gun. Uh, but I'm still guessing this is about as good as it's going to get if you're trying to play this on a console. And I would also imagine this will probably not stay a Switch exclusive. Eventually, it'll no, probably get ported so. to other platforms. But it does make sense for the first version of it to be here's, for here's Switch. Here's your PlayStation VR 2 launch game. Exactly. Like, it'll, it would work great for PlayStation VR. They may even put it out for PlayStation VR 1 before it's all said mm -hmm. and done. Because who knows when PlayStation VR 2 is actually going to release. Um, but as Matt pointed out, the visuals... Huge upgrade. Dismemberment, blowing parts off the zombies, the blood. It's way more realistic, way more gory than the old House of the Dead was. Um, to me, that is probably the best improvement of you the game. You tell what things are supposed to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like night and day, honestly. 
Um, and there is like a bestiary that you can go and you can look at all the enemies. Um, you can look at all the weapons that you've unlocked. Like the D-pad will... So when you use, even when you use the Joy-Cons, you can use just one Joy-Con if you want to, to use, so it is like a light gun. I actually prefer to use two. And I just fire with the right Joy-Con. And the left Joy-Con, I reload and switch weapons and use health. Um, and that seemed to be what worked best for me. Obviously, you can fiddle around with it and figure out what works uh, best for you. There's no online co-op in this, which is a huge disappointment. These games are great to play cooperatively, and you can do that locally. You can play it both cooperatively and competitively. I'd imagine online for this would be very difficult because of how precise and fast it Probably, is. yeah. It would be hard to pull off, but still, it'd be nice if they at least tried. And it's not even... I, I have a feeling they did. <laughs> it was just a total mess, yeah. a total disaster. I, I, I have a hard time believing that would be... It's possible. I mean, you, that, you know, I guess you could maybe do something clever with rollback, but like that feels like a weird way to go. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, think, I think these might be doomed to be local games yeah just by their own by their nature but you can play it competitively and cooperatively and when you play competitive you're just racing the other player to wipe out the zombies and collect health and other um because you can also like blow up barrels and you'll find coins and stuff and things like that Uh, so you're just kind of racing the other player and so there's the traditional mode there's also a horde mode in this and you may have seen that at the very beginning of the b-roll and the horde mode all that is it's the same game except there's just more zombies. So it's just basically more challenging in addition to the four different difficulty modes that are already there to choose from. Um, Graphically, I mentioned earlier that there are frame rate issues. You can choose a performance mode that seems to help things a little bit, but even in that setting, I still had problems with the frame rate buckling every once in a while. I don't know what it is. It seems like... I don't even know if it's that the engine is like overworked. It's almost like there's some kind of a weird rendering glitch in the game. I can't, it's, it's hard to describe. It's not like a stuttering effect, like where you get like you get with bad frame rates. It will literally just pause and then unpause. Hmm. So I don't know what's going on there, but there's issues with it, and they don't really seem to be fixed, even if you use a performance. Sounds like mode. a data streaming issue. It's possible. Um, ultimately, though, I would argue this is easily the best version of the game yet. Um, and it is an old game. It's from 1997, I believe. Is yeah, that right? That sounds right. 25 years. 96 or 97. 25 years this game has survived, and now it's being revived a quarter of a century later. It is really short. It's about 40 minutes, and if you're not interested in replaying it, that is a really tough sell. The game sells for $25 for about 40 minutes of play if you only go through it one time. Um, right now, it is on sale on the eShop for 10% off, so you get it for like twenty two fifty or something like that. And as I mentioned, the House of the Dead 2 is coming, and I'm guessing they're probably going to price that along the same way. I would 96, argue... Yeah. What did you say, Matt? 96. 96. It has been Arcade, Saturn, Windows, Dreamcast, PlayStation 2, Game Boy Advance, Xbox, Nintendo DS, Wii, PlayStation 3, Mobile, Steam, Android, iOS, and the Switch. Wow. Way more platforms than I thought. Okay. This Um, is a new version of it, though. Yeah, yeah. Completely redone from the ground up. What they should have done is combined this with the House of the Dead 2 and then charged $25 for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That, to me, would be a good buy. If they had both those games. I saw someone in chat saying, hey, what about the trilogy? Like, you should have all three. Sure. And then maybe bump it up to 30 or 40 bucks for the whole package if you have all three in there. Um but they have not announced yet that the third one is coming. Although I think if the if this one does okay, that's probably a given. Um, but yeah, at this price, at twenty five dollars for forty minutes of play, um, 
you may play it again for a total of 80 minutes of play, an hour and 20 minutes. I think after that, you're probably going to get everything out of it that you want to get out of it. So it's a hard sell at that price point, and I really struggle to recommend it. I would probably say, if you ever see it on sale for 15 bucks, maybe pick it up, but that's probably the max that I would be willing to spend for this. Um, as I said, though, if they do end up bundling the first and the second together, eventually, once the second one comes out, and you find that for like 25 or 30 bucks, I would definitely go for that for the whole package deal. Any questions that you have about this, Matt? I don't think so. Actually, I'm looking into this up more. I guess that list of platforms was for the whole series. Oh, okay. So the original House of the Dead was has only been on Saturn, Arcade, Windows, Mobile, and the Switch. So I was right. Yeah, so the the PlayStation 3 ones was House of the Dead 2 and 3 in a bundle. Yeah. See, I didn't think that this one made it hardly anywhere. So this is kind of a big deal. Like, the last one, was the Windows one or the Saturn one the last one? Mobile. Mobile was the last one. So that's just like where you just tap on the screen, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I would think so. I could actually see that working better than this. I mean, that'd be precision, yeah. Especially yeah. like a tablet. That would probably yeah. be the best way to play one of these now. Yeah, I could see that actually working better. Um, but yeah, for 25 bucks, it's just way too much of a tough sell for me. Too hard for me to recommend. But again, if they end up bundling this together with the second one, or if they come to their senses and the second one sells for like 15 bucks, then I would say leap. But as it stands right now, I just really, I can't recommend mm-hmm. it. For yins or y'all, um, but yeah, I thought I had remembered that it was it hadn't really come to many platforms, which is really weird how the second one came to so many, but the first one just kind of was neglected all this time. The second one was just a much better game and more popular. Yeah, it was what everybody wanted. Yeah, it was. I think the second one kind of made the first game irrelevant. Like there was nothing that this that this first game did. The second game didn't, game didn't do better. It's not like the story was his enthralling. No. <laughs> um, the best part of this game, honestly, are the boss fights. They're the most exciting parts because otherwise a lot of the creatures are very repetitive and you see that when you look at the bestiary. While you're playing it, you don't notice it as much, but when you get the full list of the enemies in the game and you sort through it and there's like 10, you're like, oh, that's right, man. I was killing the same stuff over and did over you, again. Did you try touchscreen on this? I did not. Is that on the Switch? Can you do Yes, that? you can play it in handheld mode. Yeah. Can you you can it? play it. Yeah, and you can play hmm. it with just the um, Pro Controller if you want to. You don't have to use the Joy-Cons at all if you don't want to. And you can play it in portable mode, handheld mode. So you can play it on your Switch Lite if you want to. Um, I did not try the touchscreen, though. I don't know if you can tap it mm. to shoot, like on mobile. I'm not sure about that. So, uh, But again, regardless, even if you can, it's not worth 25 bucks. It's just way too short, and it doesn't have enough bonus content to make it worth the uh, cash that they're asking for it. Which is disappointing, because... A lot of you guys never played these games. Like, you weren't even around when the arcades were a big deal. You may not have even played a lot of light gun games. And they do have a unique charm to them, I feel mm-hmm. like. There was actually, a, the Wii had a pretty good collection of yeah, light gun the, shooters. The Wii kind of brought that back a little bit. And I would argue that the Wii, with Motion Plus, more accurate aiming than this. Yeah. I w- and I was like, I was disappeared that it, disappointed, not disappeared, it, I was disappointed <laughs> that... Now, then, once they had that in place, that Namco didn't do point blank. Yeah, like there should have been a point blank collection. Yeah, they should have just done like because the, back then Namco they were the yeah. kings of light gun shooters. How many did they have? They had like three or four different franchises. They had Point Blank and Time Crisis, um, and then they had like a couple spinoffs with like Machine Guns. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, what was it? I can't remember what L.A. Guns or something like that was. That yeah, them? yeah. They should have just done a, a compilation, a collection of yeah. all of their light gun games for the Wii. But, yeah, it doesn't work quite as well. What does that say about the Joy-Con, that the motion controls don't work as well as Motion Plus? Um, 
Because we're all about ready to dive back into like Wii Sports again here with Nintendo Switch Sports yeah. coming. I mean, l- removing the the sensor is going to give you less accuracy, but mm-hmm. if, by default, um, I don't. I mean, it just says that it's not particularly a good way to interface with something. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't. I've never found motion controls interesting or or useful, and that they can't even replicate what was a solved problem twenty five years ago <laughs> with specialized yeah. hardware seems to kind of just say okay, like. Yeah, I mean the the Wii Motion Plus in the, is stuck in a gun accessory, or the um, the the PlayStation Move controller is stuck in a gun frame. Yeah, uh, worked really well. They did work well. Um, yeah, but yeah, you remove that sensor bar uh, and or the camera, and you just you know you're gonna automatically have less accuracy. Yeah, uh, with the you know with the trade off of more convenience. Yeah, that was might work for also me. it might work for Wii Sports and you know I'm sure Nintendo has tested all that in house and customized the whole thing to you know, keep in mind what the capabilities of the Joy-Cons are, whereas this was trying to kind of shoehorn a pre-existing interface into hoping the Joy-Cons could pull it off. Um, it's To me, it sounds like using some kind of gyro-aiming solution, like using, like you said, using the analog stick and then fine-tuning with the with the gyro of the controller is probably the way to go for this. Yeah. Um, I did play it the whole way through with the motion controls, though. Uh, it's not going to keep you from finishing the game because the game is built in a way that it's not hard to defeat with the mm-hmm. unlimited continues. Um, so anyway, uh, let's take a look at chat and see if anyone has any questions for me about this game before we move on. always want to make sure you guys get all your questions answered before we move along. Um, uh, Mitchell is alive. <laughs> this is an odd one here. Any interactions with Gilbert Gottfried over the years? So Matt mentioned before we came up here to record and stream that Gilbert Gilbert Gottfried has has died and I don't know if you guys remember or not but like two weeks ago I made a joke about Gilbert Gottfried mm-hmm. I was talking about Tiny Tina and how her voice was annoying right. and how she reminds me of Gilbert Gottfried how he's good for one joke but then you don't want to hear him anymore well, and now look what you did and two weeks later <laughs> he dies I think that was wasn't that last week no, it was a week before, I think. Yeah? Yeah. What do you mean? Was, was Tiny Tina two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. So, but Matt, it made me, Matt made me feel better when he said that it was a long illness because I yeah. was afraid he had just got sick two weeks ago and it was this thing no. that happened very quickly. And Although like, the Wikipedia, there's a, there's a war on his Wikipedia article as to his cause of death where originally it said he was eaten by an alligator and then someone corrected that to say that he was impaled by a narwhal. Um, so they're going. They're continuing to, to. Apparently, that has been going on and on. I think you would appreciate that. Yeah. Um, one super master gamer. Thank you for Twitch Prime. You awesome. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. But I've never had any interactions with Gilbert Gottfried. Have you? No, I've never. Yeah, he him. was never at any of the award shows at Spike, and that's where I met and hung out with a lot of celebrities back in the day. Um. Vincent, is there a boss rush mode? Not that I found. No. I didn't see it. Um, and I think that's it. All right. Congram thought he was a solid comic. He is hard to watch a lot of Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> but his best thing He had re- funny jokes. His best thing in recent years was a I can't remember was it SNL or no, maybe it was college humor. But they did. It was a fake ad for an audible audiobook of uh, <laughs> of uh, Fifty Shades of Grey read by him. 
<laughs> that's and they have good. him reading like the the S and M scenes, and it's hilarious. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a good use of his voice yeah. or whatever. They have, if they don't use that clip as the in memoriam thing for on the Oscars <laughs> next year, they have they have dropped the ball. <laughs> that is pretty funny. It is interesting that someone decided to make their entire career speaking in a voice that most people found generally annoying. I mean, there was a whole generation of that. I mean. Uh, Emo Williams was kind of one of them. Emo Phillips, Phillips was definitely yeah. that. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, yeah, that's was right. That. I mean, that was Jerry Lewis. Yeah, you know, that's like true. that is a brand of comedy. Yeah, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't find him too. I don't find him too annoying. Though. Oh, I find him way more annoying than Gilbert Godfrey. Really? Oh yeah, wow. Pee Wee Herman. I find him borderline intolerable. Wow, Paul Rubens. Okay. Anyway, that's the House of the Dead remake for Nintendo Switch. Do not buy it. Next up, we're going to talk about the biggest game debut of the week, and that is undoubtedly Kingdom Hearts 4. Were you surprised by this, Matt? Um, I guess, like, in the sense that, like, I didn't think they'd announce it this soon, because this probably didn't come out until, like, 2035. <laughs> so, like, it's like, it's like people are still waiting for Final Fantasy 16 reveals. Why are you talking about this already? It like, is a little weird. Yeah. And you're right. Like, realistically, how long do you think it'll on. be? Like, are we going to even be playing this on the PlayStation 5? Like, <laughs> hmm? Hmm? Well, they did say already that what we saw, and I guess I'll just run the trailer here so you guys can see it, that what we saw and what you're going to see here in this trailer is running on Unreal Engine 4, and the final game will run on Unreal Engine 5. So, and looking at this, it really it's obvious they're targeting Unreal Engine 5. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's Unreal Engine 4 doing its best Unreal Engine 5 impression. Yeah. So... Um, a lot I'm of really, I'm I, I I can't believe he doesn't have the giant shoes anymore. Like the realistic art style is uh, is weird. You think this. they're really going to ditch the shoes, or do you think that he's going to be transported back? Well, he changes depending on what what world he's in. But it's interesting to me that they're going this realistic with it because it opens up the possibility of very different worlds to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not that not that I think the world the the main game is going to take place in this sort of you know pseudo Tokyo or anything, but like you know. It certainly opens up the possibility of doing like MCU or or Star Wars stuff, you know, because that seemed to be the aesthetic that they preferred for doing live action things. Like if you remember uh, Pirates of the Caribbean in Kingdom Hearts two for the time looked amazing. Yeah, like that was like in a, in a complete contrast to the rest of the game. So I could see that that being like what they would want to do if they were going to do live action stuff, um, which would be cool. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, some part of me is just like, does it matter? Because we're not going to play this for years. <laughs> like, realistically, years and when years do you think years. that we will play this game? I am not going to be shocked if we don't see this till like, 2028. Really? That long? Like, I think, I mean, maybe. Like, I hope Square's, you know, I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised, that. because that's kind of how it works. And it also, also, it depends how involved Nomura is, because he will push it out further. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, he is too distracted with... Uh, taking another decade to make Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two to delay this any further uh, outside of drawing some character designs. But, uh, yeah, this, I, you know, who can say? Who can say? I mean, I'll say this. Final Fantasy XVI is almost two years late. I mean, obviously there's a pandemic, but, like, yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I'll say this. I like this art style better than the old one. It is goofy clown shoes that he used to wear. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the old art style has its place, and it worked for what they were doing. I don't think there's any problem with moving forward and doing something different, especially because, I mean, this thing even starts with the whole, you know, a title for the new story arc. Like, they're doing a whole mm-hmm. they're doing a whole new thing here, uh, starting a new, a new era, and I think, you know, re- redesigning the characters to 
you know, take advantage of what you can do in the Unreal Engine 5 is probably a good idea. And it will make the contrast between them and the cartoon characters even more uh, noticeable, and you can play with that, I think. You know, yeah. You do see, you know, Donald and Goofy at the end of this, and they do look a little different, but they're still recognizable as cartoon characters, and I think kind of establishing firmly that Sora is not a cartoon character and it's supposed to be a real person is probably going to be a useful thing if you're going to mm-hmm. have this kind of visual fidelity. Yeah, the uh, it's called the new arc is called the Lost Master arc, mm-hmm. and it's a little weird because if you didn't watch like a secret ending for Kingdom Hearts three, you wouldn't even know because this mm-hmm. does flow straight out of Kingdom Hearts three. But you had to have watched this secret ending before you would even know that that is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, the prior arc, what was it called? The Dark Seeker Saga or some crap? Something like that. I don't yeah, care. I don't something care. crazy. Um, but obviously, the city in this is heavily inspired by Tokyo. At yeah. least it appears to be. Um, I don't know why they just don't call it Tokyo. <laughs> Instead, it's some goofy name called Quadratum or something. Yeah, well, that might just be what the weirdos who walk between between worlds call our world. Oh, okay. That's true. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, Sora is different in this like way different mm-hmm. um he's got a completely new outfit the shoes are gone he wakes up apparently he's been asleep for like a week or whatever yeah. i mean he's dressed pretty much like nomura yeah that's more or less what nomura showed up to our interview wearing <laughs> that's pretty funny <laughs> but you're right that's kind of how he dresses um and then there's a girl in the trailer called Str- and apparently her name is strel strelitzia sure she was from Kingdom Hearts Union Cross, apparently. Something yeah, I've the, never the, played. It's the mobile, like, far-flung prequel that, like, told the story of the Keyblade Wars or something like that. It was it was very loosely connected, uh, but I guess now they're bringing all of that directly in here. Mm-hmm. Because um, nothing, can, nothing can exist in Kingdom Hearts without some kind of convoluted, right. like, tie to everything else. Like Organization 13? Yeah. Which <laughs> like, is back, I guess? They I are. Yeah, they show up in this trailer in a very quick cameo. Um, I have read the explanation for what the the Heartless versus the Nobodies versus what the organization members are. Like, so many... I still don't... Under, I still can't explain it to you what they are. It's like, way too confusing for a kid's game. That's yeah. probably the best way to put it. Well, it's not really a kid's game anymore because the people who played Kingdom Hearts when they were 12 are like 34 <laughs> now. So I, I would guess still, though, that the vast majority of people who played Kingdom Hearts 3 were younger. Do you not think that's I true? I would say that's probably not true. Really? I think it, I think the audience for a lot of these are, are people who were kids when that stuff came out, but they're targeted at that, the, still target the same people. Huh. I mean, there's probably some appeal, mm-hmm. but like, can you imagine going into like Kingdom Hearts 3 cold? <laughs> what a, like the emblem the emblematic scene for that game is when woody looks at uh what's his face and says i don't know what you're talking about and i don't care that <laughs> pretty much summed it up for me the whole damn like game that felt like a very self-aware moment for me yeah um some people are saying that the lost master arc refers to a character known as the master of masters who is a keyblade master from kingdom hearts x mm-hmm. um the same thing mobile game yeah he it says he apparently he wrote something and called i think the that's Book actually of prophecies to, i think that's actually supposed to be pronounced kingdom hearts key oh really the x yeah. is key because it's chi is the letter the greek uh. letter is chi but they're saying it key because it keyblade so uh, they're, they're, uh. but they're but they're but it's also the pun is also that they were originally used chi so they're chi blades but then they became keyblade it's it's really dumb and then it's, the, the master of masters he appeared at the end of kingdom hearts 3 if i remember correctly yeah that sure. again, that I game don't know is so convoluted. Like, 
And then here at the end, you have Donald and Goofy. It, it seems to me that they're looking for Hades, right? Because the blue flame? Yeah. Or I think Hades is who finds them. I don't know if that's who they're looking for. Oh. I thought maybe they were looking for him for a particular reason. Maybe they're trying to use him no. to get to the world where everybody else I is. I mean, they're, definitely, they're in the underworld, so maybe they're dead or something. Oh. I don't know. Like, oh, I'm, Lord. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> but, like, I mean, they, Hades is definitely who finds them. Yeah. But I don't know who they're looking for. Um, and then in the, the the crazy part is it just actually shows some gameplay using the same HUD as Kingdom Hearts 3. It shows, like, a grappling hook using the Keyblade as a grappling hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like there's quick time events again, which I'm not surprised there. Um, Foliage. Form changes. They're hidden in there a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's. it looks like Kingdom Hearts. Once he starts fighting, you're like, oh, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, and then there's a shot right back there that people are pointing to that makes them think that Star Wars, right there was a foot. They say that's an ATST. See if I can pause it right on the shot that people are talking about. Right there. So in the top right, people are saying that that's a foot for an ATST. Mm. See it in the top right of the yeah. screen there? Um, it I doesn't mean, look like one to me, but. I see what they're talking about, but I think it's probably just a rock. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's it. perfectly it's like, it's like round. A, it's I mean, round and a hoof. That, it might be round on the other side. It's hard to tell. And there's a bit, the big, like. Uh, uh, like slot on the front, which is like the the, the ATSCs have like kind of two like vertical hooks in yeah. front of their feet. Uh huh. It could be. I don't know. That's a, that's a reach. But how would you feel about Star Wars being in Kingdom Hearts? That's fine. Yeah, it's Disney. You can put. Yeah, it, you know, it's exciting. I, mean, I that, think that, that could. That, that's the other thing. Is like that doesn't look like Endor though. Right. So, like, that's ah, not, you don't think those aren't redwood trees. Oh, it's a, it's a forest, let's, let's but it's not redwood trees. Again. That's not a redwood forest. That's not what Endor looks like. Um, I mean, obviously, ATSTs can be anywhere. They don't have to be on yeah. Endor, but like, it's uh, you know, it's pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, no, it's it's a, it's a deciduous forest. That's I'll give it that, but it's not a redwood forest. Um, but uh, yeah, those I mean, aren't redwoods. Maybe they're they're evergreens. I don't they're know. big trees. I don't know. Yeah, I don't just, know. Just trying to draw up some conspiracy. <laughs> like, it doesn't look like Endor to me, but, like, yeah. sure, it could be. It could be in Square Enix's eyes what they think Endor looks like, though. Yeah, but Endor's a real place in Northern California. Just go model the Redwood Forest. Yeah. Like um, yeah, I don't know. I, w- I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see Marvel and, and Star Wars show up in this. Like, it, feel- it feels like it's obvious. I think it would be awesome. I, I think people, it's a no-brainer. People were hoping for that in 3. You yeah. Know, 3 ended up being more of a Pixar thing. Yeah, but wasn't it kind of too late for it to show up in 3? Nah, they could have. I mean, it depends how long you think they were working on it. But, like, I, they could have put something in there. But who knows? Yeah. Um, Certainly, it was. there was plenty of time to put Marvel in there. That's, I mean, Marvel's been doing their thing since 2008, and they bought them in 2012. They could have put Marvel in there. Agreed. Yeah. So what does that make you think about maybe Star Wars being in this one and maybe still too early for Star Wars? No, I don't think. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty, especially when you got this graphical fidelity, it's a pretty obvious inclusion. Yeah. How do you think the game looks? I saw some people saying like, oh, I don't know if that's real time or not. Like, I think that's absolutely real time. Yeah, it easily looks achievable. On your yeah, I don't think it looks and that also good. Also, like, if it wasn't real time, uh, the pedestrians would look better. And yeah. 
everybody would have shadows. The buildings There's no would look sh- when, when When Sora is running towards the monster, no one has any shadows. Yeah. I think it's definitely real time. Yeah, absolutely. Thousand percent, I believe it. I mean, the build, just the buildings, I think, would yeah. look way better if it wasn't real time. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it looks good. Yeah. But, like, it's, yeah, I, I think that is definitely in-engine... No problem. But, I mean, look, if I scrub through this Kingdom Hearts 3 B-roll, like, it looks freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, this game is no slouch. No, it looks it look nice. Yeah, I mean, if you just scrub through, there's some scenes the like this. The Tangled World is really good. Like, mm-hmm. just look, it's exactly like the like the movie. Yep. But, yeah, I, I can see, with, with the obsession with fidelity to the visuals of the movies, uh, I can see using the Unreal Engine 5 stuff to be, you know, to do more live action stuff. I'd love to see them revisit Tron. Oh yeah, um, yep. just make do justice. To that. Even just, yeah, you know, I don't even like Tron Legacy much, but I'd love to see them do Tron Legacy in that kind of photo real style. That'd be fun to see. It's crazy how many properties Disney owns at this point. It's yeah, well, they always own Tron, but yeah. But um, I'm just saying in general. I mean, technically, you could do Aliens. Yeah, like all the Fox stuff. You can they, do Grey's Anatomy. You do, yeah. <laughs> A new Kingdom Hearts for the older, oh, for the old Kingdom Hearts fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you um, imagine if they had Grey's Anatomy and Kingdom Hearts. Fun. That's one. <laughs> but look, it's in this realistic Sor- world that's now. That's why Sora versus Predator. Yeah. That's all, that's <laughs> my, that's... How do you feel about it just being in the realistic world? It's fine. I mean, they've done that before to some. I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean looked pretty realistic. Like, yeah. The, the the visual look changes depending on what world they're in. Um, you know, from one extreme to the other, the you know, the black and white world had everybody doing the rubber hose yeah. animation thing. Like uh-huh. that's, that's always been that's always been malleable in mm-hmm. the series. Yeah, are you excited for this game, or are you not excited because you know it's going to be a long? Yeah, I'm time. not going to get excited for something <laughs> that's that far away. I don't, yeah, come on, like this is of all the things that are announced right now, like this is probably the one that is most likely that I won't live to see. Yeah, so like yeah. You, know, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think it'll take that long, Kyle. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those swan song games for PS5, where it's like one yeah, of the last be. big games that comes out for it. Also, remember, like, with the fact that they're calling this like the Lost Master arc, like, there's going to be like four more of these. The game, yeah, there's yeah. going to be one. It's probably going to be one that they're going to announce closer to this thing's release. That's like a mobile game that nobody wants to play. Right. But it's an important part of the story. <laughs> so you don't play the part of the story, and you're going to not know what's mm-hmm. happening. It's, and then they're going to put out one for, like, it's, you know, especially on this, whatever the version of the, whatever the underpowered Nintendo console is at the time will get its own version of a different story, like Dream Drop Distance was. Yeah, just on and around and around and around. Um, Mitch was alive is asking if Kingdom Hearts current is currently the most successful Disney video game IP. No. What I would be? I think so. I think, um... Uh, what was it? Um, I think some of their preschool stuff sells uh, does extraordinarily well oh, yeah. on mobile stuff. Like I don't think it's I don't think it's that. I think if you're talking about like all time length of existence, probably. Yeah. Um. But like I think I think the money making. I believe their their mobile stuff does. But like that that you know you know everybody has the the fake RPG where you pay money for the packs to get, like they have one of those for Disney. Mm-hmm. I think that does well. I think that. I think there's a chance that what's that new thing coming out with like the the warrior versions of all the Disney characters and it's like a mobile team up game. I don't know. You know, it's, I've seen the trailer pop up here and there for this, but on Sifted, huh? It's a game, but it's, it's a mobile game thing. But it's like there's like figures. For, it's a big multimedia push they're doing. I can't remember what it's called. It's called like Empowered or something like that. Am I crazy? Hmm. Um. um Sneaky Charlotte Snake says that Kingdom Hearts three was his first game. In the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm wondering how you caught up to all the crazy crap that was going on. In I mean, that there's game. like there's red some red stuff on the interwebs, in it, but like you know, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say people who don't know about it uh, have much le- much less grasp of it than the people who do. Yeah, that's so. actually a good point because I was also clueless playing Kingdom Hearts three in a lot of different parts. Mm-hmm. I was like, what in the hell is going on? Uh, Commander Fett says grappling hooks are going to be the defining gameplay addition for this generation. Ha ha. I mean, they're definitely in almost every game at this point. Yeah, Rob Manuel makes a good point. Simpsons can be in there. Oh, that's true. That is actually is true. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. There's a bunch of stuff. You could, you could have a married with children level if you wanted to. Like, <laughs> that it's, would it's be all, awesome. Fox is all wide open to you here. <laughs> it's pretty nuts. Um, oh, Vincent actually brings up a good point. They actually did announce a new mobile game alongside Kingdom Hearts 4. And by the way, this Figures. was all happening for, a, like, is it the 20th anniversary? Yeah. Kingdom Hearts? Yeah. So that's why this all happened over the weekend. There was a big 20th anniversary celebration, and they announced Kingdom Hearts 4 and a mobile game that Vincent was mentioning. Yep. Yeah. If everything moved forward normally, uh, Sora would be 32. <laughs> you imagine Al Bundy in a Kingdom <laughs> Hearts game? <laughs> Hades tries to come, he just throws him out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's so my many. house is my castle. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask after you to leave. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's Kingdom Hearts Four. No platforms announced. No release date right, announced. Okay, I'll, I'll make my I'll make my wild uh, my wild inclusion bet on this one. There will be a there will be a dinosaurs world of the old the old show with the puppets. I think they own that now. Wait, what? Like Land old, of the Lost? You mean? No, the old sitcom Dinosaurs. You remember that with the with all the full body puppets? Oh yeah, not yeah. the mama. And yeah, all that yeah. Shit? You think they'll be? In yeah, this? I'm gonna I'm gonna say they're gonna put that in there. <laughs> That is a wild prediction, that's for sure. Mirrorverse, that's what I'm thinking of. The <laughs> Disney Mirrorverse, that's the new, that's the new, uh, it's like, Dis- it, it almost looks like Disney's trying to do Kingdom Hearts without Square. Oh. It's a little, huh. it's a little weird there. Who's developing it, do you know? I don't know. Yeah, some, some just some mobile developer, developer or whatever. We don't, you know, I mean, I th- actually, I think a couple of people we know are involved in it. Oh, really? I shouldn't be too mean to it. And they're doing uh, figure. I've seen action figures already, and all. Wow. I mean, they're doing a big push on it. Huh. Okay. Um, no platforms, no release date announced yet for Kingdom yeah. Hearts Four. Yeah, the dinosaurs show is on Disney Plus. That's right. Yeah. Vincent. So yeah, it's it, they own it. it. It could it could it could happen. And remember, that show is dark. That I show, don't remember much about it. That show is that was one of Jim Henson's last projects before he died, and it went on after he you know he he died, and it continued to go on. But mm-hmm. like. It was basically supposed to be a, a show about the dinosaurs were stand-ins for us, and they were doing all these irresponsible things to the world. And they pay. And then the season, the series finale, they all go. They all die. Really? Like they ruin the world to the point that die. it starts snowing, and they just have to sit in their houses and wait to die. <laughs> That's the end of that series. Wow. I had no idea. And the last, and the father of dinosaur basically apologizes to his children for breaking the world, and then they look out the window and watch it snow and wait to die. That's oh the my end of gosh! That, that's the end of that show, <laughs> man. Maybe we'll make it in. Yeah, it's possible. I think that's a wild bet, though. We'll see. It's pretty wild bet, but the, there's also the element of like, if I was a game developer, if I was a designer on that game, I would look at that show and be like, "What a cool challenge to try to make make it, it fit. look like that. Yeah. Not not just make it look realistic. Oh, hello, cat. Oh, your cat showed up. <laughs> not just make it look realistic, but like to make it look fake." in the same way it looked they don't oh, look quite right. real you know like, yeah, yeah, to replicate the, the the jim henson creature shop look uh-huh. in a video game engine would yeah. be very interesting to try huh we still need a good dark crystal game 
Yeah, well, they did a pretty good Dark Crystal game. It was an RTS. Yeah, I mean, like but, an uh, action adventure action yeah, RPG. That's never gonna happen. I know, I know. Nobody, nobody cares about. The yeah, Dark most Crystal. people don't care about it. We do, but yeah. most people don't that care Netflix about Dark show, Crystal. That Netflix show was good, but it did bomb. Like people didn't watch it. I watched it. I, I liked it. It was okay. It, was all right. it wasn't up to snuff. I didn't feel like, but it wasn't a travesty either. Is that how I would put it? Um, but anyway, Kingdom Hearts 4, no platforms yet, but I, you can pretty much guarantee PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, um, provided it gets out, it comes out before this generation ends, mm-hmm. which may be a little bit dicey. Um, oh, Gargoyles, that would be a good inclusion. Oh, yeah. Some Disney Afternoon stuff would be fun. Yeah. There's so much. Disney owns Gargoyles, Darkwing so Duck. much. Like, the hard part now is, like, figuring out what stuff you want to include or cut. Mm-hmm. Particularly with Kingdom Hearts, because some of the properties that it's addressed in the past, it's done a great job with, and other ones not so much. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the property, if maybe they did a bad job on execution, that doesn't mean that it couldn't be done better and still fit in with the game later on. So, definitely some tough decisions to make there as far mm-hmm. as what they include and don't include. I just like this. I would like to see if Sora end up in the end game fight. Yeah. From Avengers. That'd yeah. Be, that'd be, just that'd like, be oh, crazy. I guess we're coming man. through a portal. Like, oh well, here we are. <laughs> that would be nuts. That'd be awesome. But very ambitious, also. Yeah. But if Disney's going to let them just do stuff like that and use all the characters, then why not? So, they have the tech now. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Pop, pop into the old X-Men animated series. I'd like to see that, too. Yep. With okay. all the bad anime. Like, Sora and Disney, Donald Goofy can be better animated than all the other characters. That would be fun. <laughs> yep. So anyway, there you go. That's uh, Kingdom Hearts 4. And we don't know when it's coming out, but it's probably coming to PS5 and Xbox Series exclusively. And whatever no cross gen, whatever the stuff. next system is. Actually, it may be cross gen. Yeah, cross. I think the cross gen will be with the <laughs> with next. The gen. next generation yeah. is possible. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk- place your bets whether that or Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two comes out next. Yeah, yeah. I feel that might be a close race. That might be a close race. At this point, I'm starting to wonder if Final Fantasy 16 might be a close race. Yeah, this. I mean, I, there's still people I, I've seen that think 16's coming out this year, and I'm just like, are you, you're going to be lucky to see it? This I'm year. really starting to wonder if we even see that game this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they promised last year we would, but they we did. didn't. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I don't really care, but <laughs> because I don't have any faith in Final Fantasy anymore. Yeah. Outside of the MMO, weirdly enough, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Weird. A lot, of, a lot of holding patterns at Square right now. Like, there's a lot of stuff coming, but we don't really know anything. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about a new game announced by Rockstar and Remedy. Remakes of the first and second Max Payne game all in one package. So, it's a new game from Rockstar, but not really. Rockstar is funding the development, um, and Remedy, mm. if you remember... Because they own it, don't they? I think Remedy Rockstar owns. Own, Rock, I thought Rockstar, no, Rockstar owns you're right, Max does Payne. own Max Payne. Because, Remedy made them. Yeah, because but, the third one, Rockstar made. Remedy had right. nothing to do with Max Payne 3. Right. But Remedy made 1 and 2, and then Rockstar bought the IP. And took or, over and, and, and did and the third game. And 3 without them. Yep. Um, but now it's returning to Remedy to remake the first two games. Matt, what do you remember most about Max Payne? Um... Uh, what I remember the most about Max Payne is that that was the first game I ever captured for television. Really? Um, before I even had the job at Tech TV, my you know Miguel, our friend Miguel, uh, mm-hmm. was working there as an Concepcion. intern. Yep, I was working there as an intern, and he let me come see the place while he was there like late at night, and we sat in the game lab, and he was recording the longest journey, and I recorded Max Payne huh. footage, and uh, that was that was how that all started. So that was that's my and then Max Payne two was one of the first ones I I remember doing the review of after I'd got hired on full time. 
on the show and i remember ca- capturing all the footage of of the kills in that and like how everybody was so excited about the havoc physics mm-hmm. and how like you'd sh- shoot the guy in the leg and it'd make him flip over right and it was a, it was a whole thing like, well, the was, bullet time obviously yeah. was the big thing um it was the first game to really use it extensively maybe mm-hmm. the first game to use it at all um, certainly the first game to pull it off properly. Yeah. Um, I mean, other games would use slow motion, but I think this is the first one to really do the Matrix thing. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah. Um, and it was, it worked. It was a little awkward. Yeah. It was much better in two. Yeah. They had um, really kind of fine-tuned it at that point. In the first game, it was fun, but it was like this thing that didn't work exactly how you thought it was supposed to, but who cared? Because it was the first time we were able to do something like that yeah. inside a game. And it kind of never, two did a better job of solving the, the John Woo problem of like, Diving through the air with two guns is cool, but what happens when you land? Exactly. You know? <laughs> You're like, oh, wait, now I'm completely hosed. Like, I'm vulnerable. And it is a little awkward in the first game. Yeah. The part where you land and then you have to, like, get back up and, like, keep going. It's definitely a little a little off-putting. Um, it's also weird that Max Payne is, like, the lead developer from yeah, Remedy. From Remedy. Exactly. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, you wonder if this is happening because if they didn't do this with Remedy, they'd have to, like, change his face. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's I also mean, very funny to see that guy in interviews, and it's like, it's Max Payne, but he's got, like, a Scandinavian accent. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it is pretty weird because now all this time has passed. Everybody just knows him as Sam from Remedy. Yeah. Like, but when this game came out, nobody knew who he was. So he it was just kind of like a dude. Like, why does he look like yeah, that? Yeah, like you just were and like, he, and it's he just has that weird face. You know, he's got that. He's supposed to have a grimace, but he just sort of looks constipated all the of, time. Of the, yeah. the, the photo they're using. <laughs> what goes into that decision though? Of like, you're making a game, and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna make me the lead character. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, part of it, I'm sure. I mean, some of this stuff tends to be like placeholder stuff that just never gets changed. Yeah, like, like oh, like, that's I'm, good enough. Like my, I've never. I don't. I mean, there might be an interview where they talk about why exactly happened, but my guess would it would have been like they put that in there and it was just sort of like to be funny. But then after a certain time, you just can't imagine the character not looking like that. Yeah, like, that you was just, just get what used Max to Payne working with like. the character. I mean, yeah. to the point that in uh, in three, I thought it was weird that he sort of looked like a generic white guy. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't look like Max Payne. Max Payne looks like Sam. Well, like, he had, right, he had the shaved head and yeah. he just looked completely different. But the different. facial structure was totally different. I mean, obviously, because they, they weren't associated with Remedy anymore, so you couldn't, you couldn't just steal Sam's face. <laughs> but like... And they probably didn't want to pay him money for his likeness, but, like, it, it was weird. Like, that's not what Max Payne looks like. Max Payne looks like a, a really grimacy version of the guy, the Sam guy from Remedy. That's that's just how it is. Yeah. And I'm glad they're using Remedy for this because it means he'll probably look right when they remaster him. And that's it's going to be interesting to see how you make that face transition to 3D properly in modern 3D. I mean, they're probably just going to rescan his face and just... Yeah, I guess so. But now he's obviously he's gonna way to make older. more than one expression. <laughs> yeah. But he's obviously way older now. I don't know if that really matters. Does it? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, from that photo, it's not yeah. going to make much of a difference. <laughs> but, um, but it's a good idea. I mean, they need remasters. Yeah, like, this they, is one of those games that has not aged particularly no, well. I mean, it still plays the same and, the, and fine, but it's just it's hard to look at. And the, the language of the level design is archaic and uh-huh. difficult to follow, especially the dream sequences, like the yep. nightmare sequences are like... Yeah. You forget that that's what games used to be like. And I'm like, oh, yeah, games sure are worse now with all the whole, like, you know where to go thing. <laughs> Follow the blood trail. Oh, you, you move three pixels off it. You fall to your death. Start over. Oh, you didn't save? Start way over. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, 
Yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. These both of these games are in need of a rework mm-hmm. for sure. And this definitely will. You, you know, like one of the things that's cool about Max Payne Two is that they added so much environmental damage on top of what was here. It's yep. Like, you know, bullet holes in the walls and the tiles fall off and stuff. And like that's not really in the first one. So mm-hmm. like that, the first one's going to be massively improved. And, oh yeah, like, it's going to be a really. I mean, that's what we're looking at right now. This is the first game, by the yeah. way, if you guys are wondering. We do have some B-roll of the second that we're going to play here in a bit as well, so you could be able to look at the evolution from the first game to the second game. Um, but I do not remember this game particularly fondly, other oh, than did. it was a cool gimmick, the bullet time stuff. I liked it, but it... it um, I think I played it like three times over the course of the years, uh, but... Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it's it was, as with so many games of its time. It was sort of like the tech was cool at the time and carried that as as a mm-hmm. gimmick at the at, you know at, when it came out. But now, like it's just sort of it's not enough. Although it's you have to have more than just a gimmick right. now. But also, it's kind of come back around where it's like this gimmick is so rare now that it might be kind of fun <laughs> to do <laughs> that true. again. Yeah, especially I mean, with modern physics and and all that. For as much hay as this game made with its bullet time, it oddly enough wasn't really copied or replicated in a lot of other no, games because it's really hard to do yeah um it's kind of surprising how few games ended up incorporating these mechanics years and years later it yeah. hasn't really been copied all that much so you're right I mean, it's, it's hard to do and also like it was of the time like it was yeah you know, like you don't want to be looking it's like oh we did matrix stuff in this one it's a little weird it is funny that these games didn't did the bullet time stuff better than any of the matrix games ever did yeah for sure um, even Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, I think, did it better than the Matrix video yeah. games. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I think that was just a cutscene, though, actually, in Conquer. Um, now you could slow down, time down in Conquer. Could you? Yeah. In that section, yeah. No, you're right. There was an interactive mechanic to yeah. it. That's right. There was, there was a, and it was shootout. better than... <laughs> yeah, the shootout in the lobby was probably the best replication of that scene ever. Yeah. Better than what the... Better than the actual Matrix, Matrix games. games. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny to talk about. Um... How do you feel about Rockstar, Matt? So I talked about this a little bit in Good Morning Gaming about how Rockstar appears to just be in this place where it's just playing it safe mm-hmm. and not really taking the risks that it used to take, which is what made it Rockstar in the first place. Do you feel that way with Rockstar? Like, I just don't feel like their new projects that it's announcing are things that are pushing the envelope in any way, shape, or form. It just feels like it's too concerned about making money on its games and not concerned mm-hmm. enough about making art. I would argue they were never concerned about making art, really. Really, they, you think they I, just I think stumbled they, across? No, the I think GTA they were always. Stuff? I think they were always cynical edge lords, and they happened to make something very cynical and edge lordy at the exact moment that we all wanted that, hmm. and that was GTA Three uh, specifically. And they just sort of built on that, and that's more or less what's happened. And every once in a while, they do. You know, I think Red Dead Redemption Two is a is a real you know achievement in that regard, and that's not. You too think long it pushes ago. the envelope? In terms of what kind of game it's trying to be, sure. In terms of presentation, I mean, I don't particularly care for the story. I don't think it's very interesting overall. But, like, in terms of the care they put into it and, 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 the, and the presentational quality, like, you can't really argue with that. Like, well, um, I think the craftsmanship is yeah. certainly there. I just don't... I just feel like they used to be pioneers that were, again, pushing the envelope and doing things other developers weren't willing to do or were too afraid to do. I just don't know. And now it feels like they're the afraid ones. I don't know what you're talking about with that. The content that they... I mean, think about Grand Theft Auto 3. That game was so beyond what anyone else was willing to put into a video game. Sure, but after that, they just did that five more times. Like, they did it once. And also, it was the same as the stuff that was in 1 and 2. They just... 
yeah, people just paid attention all still of a sudden. Still then other it was 3D. developers were still very conservative, I feel. I and don't know. That was still that was the era of BMX Triple X, all that acclaim bullshit and all that. I mean it was it was always that was they just did it better than anybody else. Um, and after GTA three, I would certainly not categorize them as that outside of maybe like Manhunt, but Manhunt was like Manhunt, I guess, I mean, pushed an envelope, it, but it was a it stupid envelope. It pushed a envelope. lot of envelopes, but it didn't have the craftsmanship of their other games. No. But then even looking at, like, Rockstar, didn't have the Rockstar Table Tennis. Like, that is, like, what? Like, sure. only Rockstar would have done that back then. I don't then. know if that was a what in a good way. It was just But like, still, it was a what. Yeah. And, like, I don't feel like I'm getting what from Rockstar anymore. I feel like I'm getting, like, oh, that's exactly what I expected you to do. And that's not, to me, what... Rockstar built his brand on at all. I think that's what Rockstar has been for 15 years. Like, they've they've never evolved. I mean, I would argue they've been that way since Grand Theft Auto V. That mm. feels like the break point. When they, I mean, just look at the fact that, like, they're, they don't do DLC anymore. Instead, they just create sort this of. online thing that... I mean, that's part and parcel, but I just... To me, they've been stale in terms of content for very... A very at least since 4. Um, like, I think their humor ran out of juice somewhere around four, um, and certainly in five. Like, five was the, you know, four still more or less worked for me, but, like, five, I remember the first time I played it being like, this isn't funny anymore. Like, this is, this feels very by rote at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not so much that, like, they don't push an envelope, it's that, like, they just do what they're expected to do. And, um... I don't know. I feel like they have not evolved with the times uh, outside of technologically. Mm-hmm. Um, and even I would argue that the while the story of and presentation of Red Dead 2 is very top quality in terms of what they're trying to do, I would argue that the story they're trying to tell is very old hat in the sense of like it's the same sort of crime, inevitable fate with no redemption story story they've been telling since at least Red four. Dead No Redemption. Pretty much. I mean... <laughs> Since at least four, probably since San Andreas. Yeah. Um, although San Andreas was more interesting, even playing it again with the, the definitive editions, if you can tolerate you can stomach them, it. Yeah. yeah uh, is more interesting just in the sense that there's a more socially aware context to the story they're telling in that, and they seem to be aware of that. And then they kind of pull away from that in four, outside of trying to tell the story, trying to tell an immigrant story, but also they don't really, they don't really have a thematic thrust to it in the end yeah. like it's just like it's it just sort of ends in the red wedding and that's sort of it yeah it, i felt like that game was just like this the, the message from that game was everyone's bad yeah like it just there was a lot no redeeming character yeah weirdly like, the dlc seemed to have a lot more to say yeah and that's sort right. of the tragedy of five is like we I, never got that you never got that and i still don't quite know what five's point was yeah you know what i mean like what does what does five think about trevor I mean, we all have our thoughts on her. What yeah. does the text say about Trevor? I, I don't think, know. I, I don't know if it has a point I have view. from Grand Theft Auto V is just excess. Sort of, yeah. And I, That our and, society but, is consumed with things that don't really matter. Yeah, but like, GTA is one of those things. And I don't know, You're if, right. I don't know if it realizes <laughs> oh, the that. Irony. You know? Yeah, I don't like, know if it's... It's the self-referential stuff. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Sh- yeah. I'm never, these days, especially these days... I'm never too sure how in on the joke Rockstar yeah. is. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I can understand that. Yeah. I see that perspective. Like, do they, and do they recognize that, you know, maybe it was time to retire Laszlo, like, two games ago? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was time for, like, the joke to be more than, like, everyone's stupid? Mm-hmm. Because, like, 
that doesn't really work anymore. Like, yeah, there are yeah. degrees of stupid. Yeah. That's for the, sure. The stakes, the stakes are a little higher in terms of that. Like you, yeah. even South Park has moved on from the whole "we're above it and we're not going to you know pick side." Even South Park has a point of view now. Yeah, in a way they didn't before. Mm-hmm. And South Park was probably the closest analog to how Rockstar approached things. Yeah, um, I can see that. Although, you know, because also because South Park and 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 GTA in particular are both essentially satires on America. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of very course. much so. And and South Park is more of a satire from people who live in it, and GTA is a satire of people who are looking at it from the outside, and that can be a valuable perspective. But I guess I kind of I guess I do agree with you in a roundabout way in the sense that I would love to see GTA Six be an indictment and examination of what America has become in the last you know one was you know since GTA Five was like this is a long time ago a long time ago yeah. you know. We haven't had a GTA since, you know, the advent of the Trump era and all the QAnon crap and all the, you know, yeah. like... The, I mean, there's a lot of material. Yeah, cer- <laughs> certainly that the GTA Five uh, Kismet quest hits different now. Yeah, yeah? it does, yeah. Um, I know that that's a Scientology joke, but, like, but it's, nowadays it? it's hard not it's hard not to, you know, see... Yeah. You can um, extrapolate that out on So, too. yeah, if, if Rockstar comes out swinging and goes in hard on that kind of stuff and really has a, something to say, you know, whatever they have to say about it, but if they really establish a point of view and it's not just like, ha ha, you're all stupid. Look, men dressed as women mm-hmm. at the at the transgender club. Like, you gotta you gotta punch up, yeah. guys. Like, because there's also, like, there's n- almost no one with more creative power in the, the, the medium. Like, they can do anything they want. Mm-hmm. They make money hand over fist. No one can tell them what to do. They don't even have a deadline. They don't need to release Grand Theft Auto. They don't need to put GTA 6. They <laughs> could never put GTA 6 out and be fine. So I would love to see someone in that kind of position of power really take an, a, a shot at some things and punch up and make some real commentary while also letting me run around and blow up things with yeah, a rocket yeah. launcher. But, like, you know... Um, I'd like to see them push the envelope and, and mature. No and one maybe, else and maybe they it. can now that Hauser's gone. I don't know. Maybe that was what was holding it back. It feels know. like they're they're the only ones who will do it. Yeah. Well, they're the only they're the only ones. Arguably, they could do it with no real consequence. True. Right. Yeah. Because they're too big. Which is why they're the only ones who will and can do yeah. it. And maybe there will know, be and consequences. Maybe, and maybe the real outlet for. I mean, I think that's that's a valid thing. I think maybe the real outlet for exploring that in more granular detail might be Bully too. Mm-hmm. Which supposedly is still in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. A Bully too could be a really profound social story if you really delved into it <laughs> you could uh, do school board meetings well wow. <laughs> oh man there's look there's just plenty of there's a lot of there's a lot of low-hanging fruit yeah. out there right now i mean i guess I, I mean i so i guess i do agree that like i mean i don't think i never thought of rockstar as a real envelope pushing group of geniuses in that way but relatively but like, they I mean, are somewhat everyone else is so afraid I just I wouldn't say that. I just really I, not really. I, I feel I think like everything's there's, there's plenty of edgy anymore. weird shit that's coming. I just think most of it's dumb. Yeah. And like I think if in and in hindsight, if you get past all the all the the stuff that's that's you know technically wrong with the definitive editions, most of the old GTAs are dumb in the same way. Mm-hmm. They just they they're just unique for the time. Uniquely dumb. <laughs> they're not uniquely dumb. They're just unique for the time in the sense that no one else was doing that. Yeah. And uh, and some of and you know there were a lot of copycats after that because you know you, you see the success of the thing and you try to do the thing. Uh, I don't think any of them really pulled it off. Nope. Um, you know, I think B- I think someone in there making BMX Triple X thought they were doing the same <laughs> thing thought. Rockstar was. <laughs> and they were not. Yeah. It's it's not the same thing. Um, do you think that these two games, these two Max Payne games can be relevant in 2022 and what tweaks do you think that remedy will need to make to make them relevant um 
I think they can be as long as you update them properly and make them really sing, like in terms of physics and controls and game, like really make them feel like a modern game. Mm-hmm. Basically, don't do the definitive edition thing. Yeah, I don't think Remedy would. I don't do either. that because clearly they have, they still have love for. Look, for if Rockstar comes stuff. to them and says, "Hey, we're gonna give you money to make this," this yeah. is gonna be their number one priority. Yeah, they're gonna do this. Right. Uh-huh. I would hope their number one priority is making sure that the new Alan Wake doesn't suck, but because. Um, I think you want to get two strikes on Alan Wake. Yeah. Also, um, they own Alan Wake, right? Yeah. So that makes a difference. You want your IP yeah. to. Sing I mean, I for think sure. you, you still want Alan Wake and Control too, which is probably inevitable. I mean, you know, they're the yeah. little remedy universe. I think mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta incubate that too. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think you gotta come off come off clean with the with Max Payne. I think as long as you also couch it as like you know noir, you know, it's noir. It's it's mm-hmm. a hard boiled noir thing. There isn't really a lot of that out there. You know, thematically, that's that's an unusual theme even today. Um, and I think if you make that clear and sort of embrace the idea that some of this stuff in this is going to be a little, it's going to feel a little outmoded in terms, because noir is like that, you know, mm-hmm. um, make it appear, I mean, kind of frame it as a period piece almost. Like, I think you can get away with it. Um, and you make it a real big, you know, uh, physics playground and really lean into that and how much you can do with it. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think they could be good and successful. Also, don't charge me 60 bucks for, for them. You know, they're gonna. Maybe for both of them? Right, yeah, okay. it is a yeah. package. So yeah. both games are coming in one package. Um, they're not releasing them separately. Yeah. And you know they're going to charge at least full price for that. I would be shocked <laughs> if it wasn't, yeah. Yeah. Um, and if, look, if they do a good job, I would be okay with that. Um, neither game was exceptionally long. No. They're, they're like 10. Two, two was, I think two was a little longer. A little longer, but not a lot. No. Um, so you could squeeze both of them in one package and still, you know, get about 30 hours of play out of them probably. And who knows how many changes they're going to make to them. They may be drastic. They may actually extend the length of the game compared to the originals. Um, and certainly Remedy has the chops to do these games justice. It worked on both these games originally. It has really improved as a developer since these games. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the elements that have been included in Control, certainly that could aid the studio in um, working on the reworks of the first two Max Payne games. So... I'm pretty excited by it. I'm not excited by the fact that this is like Rockstar's next project, or at I mean, least one of Rockstar's really next projects. They're just projects. sort of funding it. I yeah. don't think, it's not, I don't think this is making GTA 6 any later. No, no, I'm not insinuating that either. But it just, again... I think this is just looking at the properties they have and what, how they can leverage them, and the most logical thing to do with Max Payne is not to make Max Payne 4, it's to remake 1 and 2. Yep. Lots of love in our chat, too, for Control, which is a really, really good game. Yeah. Um, it didn't really get the love that it deserved when it came out although no. it did win a couple like game of the year awards because it came I, out in a down year and i think the um the the next gen update like reached more people it seemed like and they had some good sales and i think it was mm-hmm. on game pass for a while like i think control comes up more and more nowadays i've noticed so um yeah i, th- I think control is is worth continuing to to keep alive yep and i think we'll see a sequel to that eventually uh that was published by team 17 is that correct Control? Yeah. That sounds right. I know it's published by, like, kind of an indie publisher. No, I thought it was, was it, uh, 405? 509 games or something like that? Yeah. Maybe. It was one of those guys. Ted worked. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Four, <laughs> 505 games? 505, 505 yeah, games. yeah, yeah. But it was, like, a smaller guy. Yeah, that was, like, their, 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 because they did small, they did, like, um, uh, they did smaller games. They did, like, the, the, the diving game. Yep. They published that and so and that was like control was their their kind of foray into triple A space. Right. Their first one. And I think probably for them it did well enough. 
Uh, eventually, yeah. Yeah. Once it kind of got some Game of the Year awards and blah, blah, blah. Your cat is chilling out here. Your cat yeah, never hangs out with me. Well, she's used. To, she's used to you now. Yeah. Like, but yeah. no, she's. We'll have to get her on camera. You at some see point. The, the 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 curtain moving because she's going behind the. Doors. Yeah. She's trying to hide from me. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's Max Payne one and two remakes coming from Remedy. No release date. Yeah. Nothing like that yet. Seems like probably like a next year thing. Yeah. Best case scenario, I would say Q four mm-hmm. next year. Uh, more likely, I would say spring of twenty twenty four. But we'll see. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game that Matt played and I did not play. Mm. And that game is Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. A, I really struggle to call this, like, even a remaster of Chrono Cross. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. <laughs> it's They did redo a bunch of it. It's just still not very good. Um, and I, not, Perfect 10 from GameSpot. Uh, on the original, yeah, yeah. Well, that's stupid. Um, <laughs> I was I was uh, uh, heartened by the fact that so many reviews of this like said like Yeah, this is a half-assed remake of a middling RPG." And like, yes, that's absolutely what it is. It's it's a it's a bare minimum treatment of a bad game. You really think it's bad? I hate this game. Wow. I hate Chrono Cross. I think it's one of the worst RPGs I've ever played. Wow. Outside of the um, music. Music's great. Um, but on this, I play. I played through Radical Dreamers, the, the which is the text adventure. It's like a you know visual novel, basically, yeah. which was only available on the Saddle of You, uh, origi- the, the, original, the original Radical Dreamers. So it never came to America until now. Uh-huh. Um, and it's... Kind of a prequel slash the first act of Chrono Cross. So, like, the first part of Chrono Cross takes a lot of plot beats from Radical Dreamers without being exactly the same. Um, It shares some characters who are very different in Radical Dreamers than they are in Chrono Cross, but they are technically supposed to be the same people. Um, One of the characters is supposed to be Magus from Chrono Trigger, Uh who was then made not to be Magus in Chrono Trigger when they made it made Chrono Cross, and now the new version has a little Easter egg that confirms he is Magus (laughs) from Chrono Trigger. Make up your mind. Um, So, well, I guess this is the final decision here, isn't it? Revealing that um, it never mattered whether he was Magus or not. Right. Um, (laughs) So I played through that. It was interesting. It's more to it than you think. It's like it's like a it takes like an hour to play through the main story of Radical Dreamers, and then when you replay it, there's six other little mini stories you can find if you make different decisions uh, okay. that are only unlocked in the second, in the subsequent playthrough. Um, it's cool. It just kind of gives you more insight in some of these characters who sort of, I mean, they kind of need it because Chrono Cross's characterization of most of the characters in the game is so shallow and useless that like, that's all you get really. Um, isn't the problem that we're kind of bumping up against here with a lot of these PlayStation 1 JRPGs is that so much of the story was told through pre-rendered CG, and no. you don't think that's a problem? There's barely any pre-rendered CG in these. Like, you get, like, a big, a big, big moment is, is told yeah. through those, but there's, like, five of those in these games. Yeah. You know? it's, most but- of the story is told through lifeless texts. Um, and they're using the same kind of thing that the old 16-bit RPGs use, where the music is what's supposed to tell you how to feel. But you, I think the PS1 era is where you ran into that problem where the character models started looking realistic enough that there was, there became a barrier mm-hmm. be- to, to, between identifying. The, and I think Final Fantasy VIII started that. To some but degree. like Final Fantasy VII, like all the summons were CG. And then like 
Well, the summons, redoing that stuff. The like, summons aren't story though. No, but I'm just saying like the problem with the PS1 JRPGs is that there's a lot of pre-rendered cinematics, and it's expensive to go back and redo those. Are the are the summons in Final Fantasy? The summons in Final Fantasy are not pre-rendered. I don't think Final Fantasy Seven. They are Seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all pre-rendered. Yeah, they're insane. You remember them? So I don't. I don't. I don't remember like Leviathan and the smaller ones being pre-rendered. I yeah, they are. Um, you do get sick of watching they, them after a while, but they stop. I don't. I don't think they are. Maybe the the one where the where Sephiroth destroys the solar system is. I don't think so. I, I, they don't look good. Because they're happening on screen while the battle's happening. CG CG would have been a cutaway to an FMV. They were cutaways to FMVs. They're not cu- no, they're not. Really? No, they're not. I thought for sure they no, were. They, they happen in the battle. They don't cut away from the battle for that. That's why they don't look very good. <laughs> like, Gilgamesh, I remember, looked awful even at the time. Huh. Very polygonal. I thought for sure all those summons were pre-rendered. No, that's. I think that no, that's an it's an engine. Really? The, the only the CGs in that were the ones where everybody looked like realistic people. And yeah. Those there's like five of those in Final Fantasy VII. You get those one of the beginning are of crazy end. though. They're like the whole world is torn asunder by this like gigantic creature. Yeah, but the world is like fifteen polygons. Like, huh. It doesn't look that good. I don't know why I remember it that way. That's crazy. I don't know. Interesting. Weird. Um. But, like, for instance, like, looking at some of the cinematics that they showed in the trailer for this. Like, they're all, mm-hmm. like, this 4 by 3 Now you could actually do something in real time that looks better than these CG yeah. sequences. Like, I think there's just, I mean... Is it worth the budget, though, to do it? Like, I, th- I think they're what they're saying is, no, it's not worth... No, well, like this, I mean, look, they're, they're like I say, as a remaster, all they're doing here is they are, you know, the, the characters have been refined a bit they don't mm-hmm. they're not as edgy. Yeah, the character they're, models are definitely better yeah and sure. the the backgrounds you know it's all pre-rendered environments which i always thought was terrible i always hated all that i know there's some kind of like nostalgia for some of it now but i thought pre-rendered backgrounds were always a stopgap measure to get around the technological lim- limitations and they are always worse than actual environments i have zero fondness for the old resident evil games that used yeah, like all like, re, like remake the remake i got god awful like i will never <laughs> i don't think it's god awful but i hate that game it is a kind of a cheap way to make a game but like, it there's, nothing, there's because... nothing else you can do like it was it was it was it's like turn-based combat like you had no options because you couldn't simulate that but like, now you can you don't need to use these so, so it just feels silly well remake, and i think one they... thing i did like is it made the character models look really good because they can spend the whole polygon budget on the character models right but that doesn't solve the problem of the fact that i can't fucking aim it anything yeah, yeah. properly like <laughs> yeah. it's, i i uh-huh. hate that i Fucking hate that. Let me see. Use the camera. Yeah. This is fine because you don't there's no no Twitch stuff in it. But like as you can see, like the pre rendered backgrounds can only be improved so much. Yeah. It still doesn't look very good. Yeah, it look blurry. Um, yeah. The other thing that's weird is like and I maybe it'll get to to a battle in here somewhere. But like and this is a problem with all Square's rem- remakes and remaster things they've done with the PS one era stuff to me. Not Final Fantasy Remake, because that's obviously a different beast, but, like, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VIII and Nine and this, like, um, the uh, the menus on the on the combat don't look like they belong on the screen with the rest of the graphics. They look too clean and superimposed and, like, sharp. Like, it's... it's they, like playing they don't an... look bad enough to be part of the rest of the picture, you know what well, I mean? It's like, it's like playing um, N64 games on an emulator. Like, the 3D yeah. stuff looks amazing, but then all the 2D stuff just looks terrible. Like, what? Because it doesn't do anything to it. The emulation, it's... We are seeing what the N64 displayed back 
in the game when the game originally launched. Mm-hmm. And while the emulator is making the in-game stuff look way better, it definitely causes issues. Um, but why do you not like this game? Because some people, at least back in the day, really liked it. What is it about about it that you that kind of turns your stomach? Um, I just think it's badly written. I yeah. think I think none of the the events that are there depicting are interesting or identifiable or relatable in any way. Uh, I don't think it has any. It doesn't really have anything to do with Chrono Trigger. Um, so the, I was yeah. I was annoyed that it was billed as a sequel to Chrono Trigger at the time. That then and it isn't. But even aside from that, like it's just the most generic garbage I've ever seen. Like in terms of what Square tries to push on us as an actual story with thought behind it, and um, and it's even frustrating to play Radical Dreamers because Radical Dreamers' ideas on the, the same sort of premise are way more interesting than what they do in this game. Hmm. Like even the rudimentary stuff they have there and the, and the the portrayal of kid that's also part of the problem is like the weird name stuff where it's just, you know, even the beginning of radical dreamers are like i can still see you if i picture you in my head and call your name into the night and you're like oh what's a good kid kid like that's not anyone's <laughs> fucking name like dumb uh, dumb <laughs> um and like but, but it's, you know there's like 48 characters you can collect in the game and like Maybe six of them have character arcs. Yeah. Like most of them are just you pick them up and they do nothing. They just sit there and if you want to use them, you can use them. But otherwise, they're 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 not characters. Um, there's character designs that got thrown into a character select screen. Um, there's stuff where it locks you out of certain characters without warning you because you talk to these other characters and like there's nothing. There's no logic to why someone most of them will join you or won't join you or what gets locked out or what doesn't get locked. Out. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, the combat system is sort of we- is weird and very difficult to kind of get your head around. The backgrounds, um, you're right though. The, b- the backgrounds do not yeah. look great. It's, I had to remember kind of like how that all worked and like because it, it's like a combo system, so it's sort of like you you have, you have like attacks that you start with the attacks and you start low and they have a, a percentage of hitting someone and they, the percentages go up as you get further in the combo and then they can also build up like the frame you have that like determines what elements you can use which is your spell power so there's no there's no magic points it's just what you earn through the combos you do that lets you cast what spells so then at the end of each combat you can actually cast healing magic for you know that you will lose those elements for the next battle so you might as well heal everybody up um and it's just tedious to me i don't i never i, I played up until about the part i played up until right before the part where you get traded bodies with links mm-hmm. um and then you never play you just play a cat for the rest of the game <laughs> um and i it's just brain dead nonsense like it's just the most worthless crap <laughs> i i mean even by the standards of like square jrpgs in yeah. this era it is such crap like L- link's I so good care. in chat says um he's asking with chrono cross any good GameSpot reviewed too high, reviewed it too high back in the day. How my, it, what, it couldn't what, get much higher. <laughs> well, well, first of all, my question is: if he doesn't know if the game is good or not, how does he know that they reviewed it too high if he hasn't played it? <laughs> but I will say this: Matt, I think it's pretty pretty safe to say that anyone who gave a Square RPG a ten out of ten rated it too high, whether you played it or not. <laughs> I mean, the very early Final Fantasies, but then they were just Square. They weren't Square Enix, so I, I guess your point stands. But I will say this. This was a very late one. This was 2000. Like, this was the yeah. last of the, the big PS1 RPGs. It was. So I started at GameSpot. Oddly enough, he's bringing this up. I started at GameSpot in July of 2000, 
And this game came out like a couple months later. And the review came in from a freelance reviewer of a Perfect 10. It was the first editorial issue that I ever mm. was around or dealt with as a games journalist. And I had to, I sat and watched Greg Kasavin and Jeff Gersman work through this with the freelancer. I learned so much from the review of this game, sitting and watching Greg Kasavin and listening to him grill our freelance reviewer and listening to the freelance reviewer in all honesty, have an answer for all his questions and stand up for a score. Um, Things that I saw during that whole thing, I applied years and years later to doing my job um, as far as being a reviews editor and eventually editor-in-chief at different places and things like that. But it was like the first quote-unquote controversy that I ever dealt with editorially Mm -hmm. as sort of a real member of the game's press. And um, so I will always remember it. And people had played a little bit of it in to your point, disagreed with him. And we're like, no way is this game a perfect 10, but it seemed like everything that they lobbed at him, he had explanations for. And a lot of the explanation from him was, bro, you've played the game for five hours. I've spent 50 with it or whatever. And you these know, Stockholm syndrome's a thing. Right? And he would, there is no possible way to justify a 10 out of 10 for this <laughs> game. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And he would, a lot of times he would say the things that you're complaining about, they are explained or they're rectified at like 40 hours in or, and that was the first time as a games journalist, I heard Greg say, well, if that stuff doesn't show up until 20 or 30 hours in, is it a good game? Right. Shouldn't that show up a little or like again, like if I'm sitting here asking this question for 30 hours and then you get around to it. Like, right. What do you. Right. Again, I learned so much from that. It was like I was green. I was just in the industry and I just soaked the whole thing up like a sponge. I was like, this is important. I can tell because people were arguing and yelling and raising their voices. And I was like, all right. Also, like, I would have, as an editor, I would have serious questions about a a freelancer who refused to lower a score from perfect. Yeah. Like, what? We can't just give it a 9.5 and have you be happy with it? We we have to put this on our list of things that are perfect forever. You also have to realize that. Because I don't agree with a perfect score means a perfect game thing necessarily. But, like,. GameStop's system kind of did that. You know, if you're doing a granular system to the point of a 100-point score system, GameSpot, like, that was a 100-point scoring system. 100 out of 100 is a statement. Yeah, it is. Yeah, And it is not a statement that applies to this piece of shit. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, look, I, it's not the worst thing I've ever played. I would, It's one of the worst RPGs I've ever played, but I would still probably say it's like a 5 or a 6 out of 10. Yeah. Um, just presentationally in terms of actually working. I've seen, I mean, I've seen more inept productions, but, like... Like it's just not that interesting. I, I don't. The other I, thing I don't about it to too you. Like, is that at the time I believe GameSpot had given one perfect ten. Yeah, it was very much rarer then. And of now, like the next year, did Ocarina get it? Yes, that's probably it. Yeah, and thing. the ne- now the next year, yeah, the next year Metroid Prime got a perfect ten. When Tony Hawk three, and then Tony Hawk Pro Skater yeah. three got one right after that, and then I think there was a huge gap before GameSpot ever yeah. gave another one. So it was, like I said, I could tell. they never really fell into the trap that Famitsu did where they suddenly just started handing out 40s and you're like, really? Nintendogs? Right. Like Nintendogs is a 40? Yeah. And then, of course, we found out that there's there was a lot of... Um, Some payola going payola on there. happening yeah. with, with Famitsu. Yeah, I mean, look, I, everything that I ended up applying at, at X-Play and mm-hmm. at game trailers with literally thousands of reviews that I was sort of the reviews editor for, a lot of that I learned right on that day. 
sitting there and listening to how Greg Kasavin dealt with that whole situation. Um, and ultimately, did he get it right? I think most people would argue that he didn't get it right. Nope. But I would argue that the way he handled it, he handled it about as good as he could, coming from someone who he hadn't played the game at all. Mm-hmm. And he had, I think, was I don't think it was Ryan Davis. I can't remember who came in and was like, I've played like five or ten hours of it or whatever and was trying to be the devil's advocate in the conversation. But anyway, I just learned a lot from that. Um, and, you know, I, I just learned a lesson today about it in that, you know, you can still go through all that and still maybe not get it right. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and how much is this, Matt? 20. 20 bucks? Which is... That's uh, that's not bad. It is too bad. It's too much. It's still too for much. What, for what they... I mean, and I'm not saying this as someone who hates the game. I'm saying that this remaster is garbage. Uh, the frame rate is bad. I mean, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good, but also, yeah. the frame rate is bad. Jeez. Like, it doesn't... It's it just run, a pre-rendered like, background. I'm not kidding. So, I'm playing this on... Um, I'm playing this on PlayStation 5. It runs, and I loaded up my my disc version of this game on my PS3. This runs worse than the original game. Jeez, like I mean, what there's it more slowdown in the, like, there's more slowdown in the in the combat scene. You see what I mean yeah, about how the, the, the stuttery the stuttering. Well, yeah. also, you see what I mean about the the menus. Like it, yeah. it, they don't they look like they're pasted on weird. Yeah. Um, no, the look at that. There's slowdown in the fucking hit when, yeah, the, when the light when the light <laughs> pops up for the hit animation. That doesn't happen in the PS PS one one. Yeah, it's, it's weird. so weird, and that's a problem on PS on PC too. Like the, I've been reading stuff where P, people are trying to fix fix it on PC, and there's no way to fix it. There's no options to do it. Like it's terrible. I mean, how many polygons is this drawing right now? Like two hundred thousand. Give us an hour. We probably count them. <laughs> It doesn't look good enough to justify that. Look at how he's all jittering around. It's, it's really bad. weird. It's really bad. It like, is weird. Like they're, ju- I think they're just plugging in the original. Yeah, you know, but like, look, Square has always done this. Like they, they screwed up the, 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 the when Final Fantasy VIII remaster got released. It was a whole lot of problems with it, and they fixed it eventually. Uh, they put out cr- the Chrono Trigger. The Chrono Trigger wasn't uh, a full remaster, but they'd redrawn the the sprites weird or something for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Final Fantasy VI, and they did eventually do a patch that let you kind of change them that made made them look less horrifying um so maybe they'll they'll work on this but it's just like you know this is a, this is gta definitive edition all over again it's just yeah. like why is this perform the performance on this so terrible why like, does square enix take all these projects like but they just don't take it seriously i don't know and then I mean, they charge 20 bucks for it like this is five bucks worth of effort folks like yeah, it's like it can find a happy medium it all of them don't have to be final fantasy 7 remake where you completely just tear the game down and rebuild it from scratch like you can find a happy medium between those two tactics where this with this where there's just nothing you do very little as minimal work as possible versus rebuilding the game Mm. from the ground up like you can find something in the middle there like i mean just go watch the digital foundry video on this where they basically say like this is not an improvement yeah i mean other than the fact that it runs on modern hardware right it's it's not an improvement and 20 bucks is too much for this yeah even if you like the game i think this is an insult to it yeah and we'll probably never get another one either. This is going to be probably the final version of this that we ever get. Yeah, I would not. I would not expect to see another version of Chrono Cross. Because regardless of what its review scores were when it came out back in two thousand, it did not do especially well. No. And I was. I am heartened to see that most of the reviews of this, in addition to pointing out the technical problems with the remaster, are saying like, "Yeah, this game's actually not very good." Even if they had done a better yeah. job, yeah, because um, it isn't. It's a. It's a very mediocre game outside of the music. And some of the some of the character designs are cool, but they don't do anything with them. Those characters aren't characters; they're just pictures. I do wonder if the guy, our freelancer at Gamespot back in the day, if he regrets this score now. I can't remember his name. 
I don't, and I don't want to start throwing names out there and get I would, it wrong. And... I would hope that he doesn't even think about it anymore. Because why would anyone? Why should anyone think about Chrono Cross twenty years later? <laughs> well, I think still GameSpot's probably only given out ten perfect tens, maybe in its whole history. Mm-hmm. So, if you're one of those ten, you might still think about it a little bit at least. Maybe. Um, but that's a big no from Matt Kyle. No, <laughs> Chrono even Cross, I mean, look, I, mean, I, hate, I hate this game. But even if you don't hate it, I think this is an insult to it. And you should, at the very least, you should wait until it's cheaper or until they see if they fix it. Or maybe with the new PlayStation Plus stuff, you might be able to play the original version. Um, maybe. I mean, they sold it on. I I do have it on uh, uh, PS3. Oh, you uh, do? Because they sold they sold it digitally as a PS1. Yeah. Uh, you know, like like the. And I do. I don't think they're done either. I think we're gonna get a horrible um, mangling of Xenogears at some point. That would be sacrilege. Um, well, I, hate, I don't like that game either. Oh, really? Uh, but um, wow, uh, I haven't met too many people that say they don't like Xenogears. Uh, it's um, I think it's just it's derivative of Evangelion and uh, thinks it's about something it isn't. And the second disc is a giant joke because they ran out of money. So the second disc is just a character sitting in a chair telling you what happened, and then every once in a while it cuts away to a random dungeon sequence. You have yeah, to it is a little um, strange. Again, I think they the tried to sell is, it back then, yeah. though, is like this new way to like... Oh, do... they tried to sell it as an amazing, profound thing. It's like, right. no, you ran out of money, and you didn't have anything else to do, <laughs> so this is what you cram- crammed it together. Into... Again, Mitsuda's yeah. music is phenomenal in yeah. that game. It's incredible. And I like the art style in that game a lot, too. It had kind of a, like the, the, the anime... 2D animated characters in front of 3D 3D backgrounds, not to, not 2D re- pre-rendered backgrounds. Definite improvement. Much more into that, but it was just this slow-moving, you know, like pseudo-intellectual, like like religious nonsense backgrounds. It just didn't didn't work. Although uh, they do a remaster, for God's sake, put a text speed option in that game. Holy shit! <laughs> like I don't know if you haven't played that in a while, you forget that there is no text speed option in that game, and the text goes oh yeah this yeah the whole time and you can't (laughs) skip any of it yeah there's some very simple quality of life improvements that they could make there um but i i do kind of think that that's probably in the works somewhere um and uh who knows maybe they put some you know that would be a fun one look i don't like xenogears but it'd be fun to see them put the effort into it and finish the second disc yeah, like all the frameworks there, you could do That's it. That's never gonna. They're happen. never gonna do it. That would that would <laughs> that would require happening. something more than it being be required to be something more than a quick cash in for nostalgia purposes. Yeah, which is what Square Enix is seems what to all be these things seem to be. Except in. they don't even nail the nostalgia stuff because they keep messing with things. Right. Yeah. Like you want me to nostalgically shell out twenty five bucks on something to get Final Fantasy VI? Why did you redraw everything? Because yeah. now it looks like garbage. Yeah. It's very weird. Like their approach to this. Their approach to not only just like cashing out on nostalgia, but just preserving their own work is bizarrely haphazard. The preserving the work is the big yeah. It's just, and I realize it doesn't matter that much because there's ROMs of all this stuff, and everybody's got it preserved as it is already. You know, I have disc copies of all those things in my closet as it is. But like, you'd think you'd put a little more care into yeah. these things. Yeah, I agree. So but then you, you would have thought the same thing about GTA, and look where we are. So. Yeah. So there you go. That's Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. That's a big no from Matt. And Matt is not on an island on this one. Its reviews have not been encouraging. Pretty much mm-hmm. everyone agrees that it is a sloppy update to the game. It doesn't add much to the original. In some ways, it takes away from the original. So Andrew Vestal. Andrew Vestal. Okay. The review's still up. I actually knew that was his name. I just didn't want to say his name and get it wrong. 
and yeah. uh, and put it on somebody else. So. Now, review's still up. It's uh, I mean credit to Gamespot. Yeah, like they archive their shit. Yeah, they stick to their guns for sure. You January, have to. January six two thousand. You can't go that was a back. Hell of a way to kick off the new year. Yeah, you, you can't go back and relitigate that stuff. You can't like. You can't replicate the discussions that happened to make that final decision that I sat there and, and listened and watched. So, there you go. Prone Across the Radical Dreamers edition. That's a big pass. Next up, we're going to talk about another game that is free on Game Pass right now. And that game is called Weird West. I never thought I would play this game, but we're in early mm-hmm. April here, 2022. Yeah. I mean, I was interested. I actually did install this, and then I forgot to play it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, why do you think you forgot? It just wasn't on my radar. Yeah, because you weren't all that excited to play it in the first place. No. Um, well, also, I mean, I got it through, it was Game Pass. I'm like, okay, yeah, but then, like, I read all this stuff about how horrible it is to play with a controller, and I kind of diminished my interest. I can uh, concur with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this is a, it's an isometric action RPG set in an alternate take on the Wild West. It is created by the former creative director at Arcane, who worked on both Dishonored and Prey. Is so. Your next question is: Is it an immersive sim? Kind of. It it has immersive sim elements in that there are multiple ways that you can tackle each scenario, but they're not as varied as what you would expect from Arcane's games. And in fact, they really just come down to, like, you can either shoot the dude or you can stealth kill him. (laughs) And then once you stealth kill him, you may want to think about hiding the body because there are patrols who may find it and may send everything to crap, basically. And that, to me, is where the comparisons to the immersive sim kind of end. Um, The plot for the game is that... Well, there's five different plots. It's actually like an anthology of five different stories and the first one that you start out start out as is you are a female retired bounty hunter and a bunch of yahoos show up to your homestead they kidnap your husband and you have to set out and rescue your husband and then there's four other stories that are led by completely different uh lead protagonists and they are different like the first person you play as is like a human female and then the second one you play as you play as like this hog person it's almost like a mutant or whatever and the more i played the game the weirder it got so the first mission with you're just playing as a female bounty hunter it just seems like a normal like isometric action rpg shooter set in the old west and then things start getting strange as you get towards the end of that campaign and then by the time you get to the second campaign it all bets are off it's just completely wacky you end up playing as a witch eventually um, and it does get like crazy supernatural eventually, but it's like a slow burn to get there. Um, the game's real hard. <laughs> I think it was really hard, but it's not, I don't think it's intentionally hard. And I think Matt, you brought up a good point before we started discussing this is that playing this game on PC with a mouse and keyboard would be an entirely different experience from playing it on console. So playing it on a console, it plays like, a twin stick shooter mm. so you move with the left analog stick you aim with the right analog stick and then you do fire with like the right trigger button or whatever and that can work like the ascent did that really well it 
can it does not work in this in this one and the reason i would argue that it does not work in this is because cover is a big thing in this game Mm. and it's and the other part of it too is that it's so far zoomed out that you can't see enough detail of like what you're aiming at and the aiming also is very jumpy and like willy-nilly it's very hard to move at the same time and keep your reticle on an enemy because again a lot of times they're really far away and they're so small on screen. You're literally talking about like two pixels difference between whether you're actually hitting an enemy or you're not hitting an enemy when you're shooting. And it becomes very annoying. You're constantly, at least I was constantly zooming in and out in this game, trying to get a better view of stuff. Um, as I mentioned, it is kind of an immersive sim. So you can, there's stealth and there's bushes that you can hide in. But again, the view is so pulled out that it's really hard to stay in the bushes. Like a part of your leg or your body may be sticking out. And next thing you know, the enemy spots you. And mm-hmm. it's also one of these games where if you get caught out in the open, you're just dead. There's no running away. There's no, there are dive rolls in this, but they're very ineffective at actually getting away from enemies. Because a lot of times there's five or six of them. You may get away from one guy who's shooting at you. But there's some other dude standing 10 feet away who just waits for you to roll into him and they're like, kapow, you're dead. Now, I feel like to mitigate this, one thing that they've done is there are tons of exploding barrels. And not surprisingly, the way they place the enemies a lot of times, the exploding barrels will be next to a group of two or three. And part of getting through each little skirmish is kind of looking at the environment and saying, well, where can I stealth? How can I use the exploding barrels? Can I goad? The enemies near the exploding barrels, so I am taking out two or three of them at a time with the barrel instead of just one. That's all things that you consider while you're playing this game, but ultimately it's very frustrating because the gunplay is very, very hard to wrangle. Um, So as I said, the creative director worked on Dishonored and Prey, so there's a pedigree there, and there is like a skill and abilities trees, and they're actually pretty extensive, but most of them, they don't really completely change your abilities most of them are just more like buffs like your damage output will be increased or the amount of bullets that you can take will be increased things like that they don't generally change what your character does and the ones that do change what your characters do are cordoned off to just that character so you Mm -hmm. can't extrapolate the entire tree off to the entire cast of characters that you ultimately play as which is a little weird but there is the trees are big enough that they do let you form your character at least a little bit into the type of player that you want to play as. Um, oh, man. This game could really use aim assist on the consoles is what I'm really getting I'm at. I'm surprised it doesn't have it. It has nothing at all. Like, literally. And you're, you know, you're trying to spin that right analog stick to get it lined up on the enemy while you're moving or maybe dive rolling. What I found myself doing is just trying to bum rush enemies using the shotgun. I would try to sneak up and get as close as I can and then just run at them and just shoot them like once or twice at close range with the shotgun to take them out. Um, The other thing, too, with the way this game is designed, the world is huge. It's like gigantic, but it's segmented. So there's like you'll go to a map screen and it'll say, "Okay, here's the next destination. And it will have like a, a waypoint to tell you this is where you need to go to continue the main campaign or whatever. You can select that, but like as your party is traveling from that one dot on the map to the next dot, it will sometimes get interrupted by either enemies or sometimes you may just come across like a store or whatever. It's like Fallout or the old Baldur's Gate. Yeah. And then when you do 
get interrupted, you will go to these little patches of land yeah. where sometimes you'll fight an enemy. That's the thing that I was, when I saw this, I thought it was going to be like another like Infinity Engine style game, like a, like a Baldur's Gate or original Fallout or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I'm surprised it's so action oriented. It is a lot of action. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's hard. Like I've, the very first time I fought more than five enemies, it, I had to retry it like four or five times. Um, and then eventually, I feel like I did kind of actually just jimmy it to get through it. And then as time went on, I started learning how to play a little bit better. But what I really learned is I just started using stealth a lot more. So again, so I could get closer to the enemies and I didn't have to rely so much on the accurate shooting. Um, because you do get, like, you start with a pistol, eventually you get a long rifle, then you get a shotgun. Um, enemies, <laughs> they throw, like, dynamite at you and they're like Brett Favre. Like, they drop that crap, like, right on top of your head. And sometimes they will cook it. So you can't even get away with it, away from the dynamite with a dive roll before it blows up and kills you. Again, like, it's it's just one of those games where you get caught out in the open, you're dead. Like, you die very easily in this game. And even after I kind of leveled up my character uh, with a bunch of different upgrades, it still seemed like if you make a mistake, you're going to die. And so you, you end up paying for most of the mistakes that you make in this game, which to me got pretty annoying after not that long. Um... As you've been seeing in some of this B-roll, there is kind of some, like, bullet time stuff in this. Like, when you land the final shot on an enemy, it will zoom in and show them dying in slow motion. Um, but it's you don't actually, like, play in bullet time. Like, it's not like things are in slow motion while you're playing the game. They're just kind of done for a cinematic effect. In some ways, it reminds me a little bit of XCOM at times. Yeah, that was the, it came to mind looking at the original videos of it. Yep. But XCOM, obviously, you can take your time choosing the spot that you're aiming for. Although it, you do tend to miss. You do, uh, even when you shouldn't. Even in 95%. <laughs> it's, it's true. That does happen in XCOM a lot. 5% isn't zero. Yep. Um, a surprising amount of the time yeah. is not zero. Yeah. And as you can see, there's looting enemies. And as I mentioned earlier, like if there are patrols, a lot of times you need to like dig a hole and bury the enemy so it doesn't alert. Because if you alert enemies and they're on, it's over. Like... It's, you're, it's over if you're caught out in the open with two or three enemies, let alone if, like, they sound the alarm and there's, like, five dudes hunting you down. Uh, but there is, like, a looting element to it. There isn't, like, crafting, though. So it's not like you're collecting a bunch of stuff to build, like, better guns and things mm. like that. It looked like you could cook, though. Yep. Yep, there is a cooking mini game, And uh, so you get, like, meat, raw meat. And you have to take it to a fire and cook it. Um, and you also do get just generally health, like, power-ups or whatever that can restore your health. But they are... Few and far between, man. Like, you need to really think before you use that health power-up, man. It's like, you wait until you're down to, like, two pixels of health before you use it because they are not easy to come by. You're not collecting them, like, all over the place. Um, Another big part of this game is companions and recruits. So, after you finish a chapter in this game, those protagonists that you use in that chapter are then available to come along with you in the next chapter. And it does appear that it's building towards something. I I haven't finished the game, but it appears that there's going to be some kind of a showdown at the end where having all these companions with you could make a big difference. And then the other part of this game that does remind me more of an immersive sim is the choices that you make and the consequences. And they are real. And 
I don't know what the ultimate payoff is going to be, although it does appear that like some of the stuff, the decisions that you make and the things that you do do have long-term ramifications, but there are also short-term ramifications. So if you find like a little dusty town or whatever, and you go into that town and you kill everybody, if you go back later on, it's a ghost town with like tumbleweeds blowing through it and everyone's left. Likewise, if you come across like a little settlement that has been overtaken by the bad guys and you take it back and you come back later, all the people will have moved back in and like the shops will be back open again and people will be milling around and going about their daily lives. So even in the amount of time that I've played this game, there are real consequences to, to the things that you do and the decisions that you make. And again, based upon what I've played of this so far, it does seem like it's all headed towards some big thing at the end of the game where it's going to matter the people that you saved. There was another part where I was in a fight and this this person in the fight was wiping me out every time. They were like the kind of the mini boss or whatever. And I noticed when I went to replay it that that mini boss was hanging out somewhere else and I killed that mini boss. When I went and fought that fight again, they weren't there. So there's some pretty cool stuff along those lines in this game as far as like your decisions actually paying off and helping you later on. I don't know if some of that stuff is a detriment later on. It could come back to burn you. I don't know. Um, but there's some real consequences in this game. And a lot of games talk about doing this stuff, but then ultimately end up failing to actually execute it and do it in a compelling way. I thought that this game did a pretty good job with it. Um, one of my big criticisms of the game, other than the combat completely sucking ass, is that everything feels the same. Like, there's a lot of copy and paste in this game, a lot of the same buildings. It's, the whole game is, like, brown and tan and white. It's all, like, this dusty, windblown, desert-like, arid environment, and it does get repetitive after a while and annoying after a while. Um, there's just kind of a sameness to the game. Now, it does start to mix things up a little bit eventually when you start getting into more of the supernatural stuff. Um... And that's where it does get interesting. But I think a lot of people will play this game at first and be like, there's nothing weird about this at all. <laughs> it's like it's called Weird West, but it's really not weird. You do have to stick with it for at least like a couple hours before you start seeing the weird in Weird West. Um, bullets, big deal. You can't just go guns blazing or you'll run out of bullets. Like every bullet matters that you get in the game. So you have to be prudent with it, which is hard because the gunplay already kind of sucks. And you're like, oh, but I just maybe if I just shower my bullets, that'll work. It doesn't work usually because um, you'll end up out of bullets altogether. And the next skirmish that you come to, you won't have any ammo to deal with it. And you have to try to figure out maybe some other way to get around it, like stealth or something like that. Um, again, this is on Game Pass. So you can play it for free if you're a Game Pass subscriber. If you're not, it costs 40 bucks. Um, would I spend 40 bucks on this game? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I would maybe spend $20, $25 on this game. To me, $40, $40 is way too much. I will say this, though, Matt. It is an auspicious debut for this studio. This is the studio's first ever game. And again, you have someone leading up the studio who came from Arcane. Mm. And you can see his fingerprints in the game, but they're not quite... His fingerprints in the UI, too. Yeah. But exactly. What is your obsession with <laughs> yellow? Yeah. But it's not quite there yet. I don't know that I would want to see Weird West 2, which is probably the more likely outcome. I would like to see a Weird West 2 refined in it because I like this the, the idea of, you know, I like the Weird West uh, genre, um, which is more of a short story genre than anything yeah. else. Like, but it's, it's basically Western stuff mixed with Lovecraft. Yeah. Um, 
And that's a cool, like, you know, nobody's doing that in games, really. Yep. So, something something a little more, um, I don't know. There's an element of this that feels, like, weirdly detached and impersonal because of the style of game they decided to yeah. make. I would it, look, it's a unique game. I, the, you will struggle to play another game like this this year. I guarantee it. But unfortunately, for me, the gunplay ruins everything. It's like you have to do it constantly, and it's this element that just doesn't work. I'm and, curious what like to play it with like a mouse, but I also don't want to pay forty dollars for right. it. Right. Well, I if you have Game Pass Ultimate, you can probably get it on PC know. for free as well. Yeah, I'd have to look at that. I would highly recommend if this is piquing your interest. I highly recommend playing this on PC and not playing it on console. And I would never ever pay forty dollars for this to play it on PS4 because you're going to play with a controller, and it's a freaking nightmare. Um, so if you are interested and it is an interesting game, it is something different. So I could understand where someone would feel that way. Um, and if you do feel that way, I would highly recommend getting game pass ultimate for P I would first, I would check and make sure it's a part of game pass for PC. And if it is, then I, I would say get game pass for a month for the $13 or whatever and play it, save yourself the $27 or whatever. Um, from its $40 price tag. I would also say that this feels like it would be kind of ripe for a um, like a Disco Elysium treatment, where you refine it, add a lot of extra... Matt, I'm glad you whistles. brought that up, because this game, in some ways, gives me the Disco Elysium vibe. Mm-hmm. Which, again, if you're a fan of that game, that's that's the dog whistle for you there. Yeah. Although Disco Elysium was smart enough to not make you shoot anything. Yeah. The storytelling in this, not as good. No. Not It's not even really in the same league. I would argue nothing is yeah. in games. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, but this definitely not. Like this is mm-hmm. this game is not in the same league as Disco Elysium as far as storytelling or interesting characters or things like that. But I can see it being like third cousins. Right? Yeah, yeah, a little. That's that's probably a an accurate level of detachment for this mm-hmm. game from Disco Elysium. But I could see it getting like a like a, a special edition version or something later where they add voice acting and they add like mm-hmm. um, better controls and more yeah. options and things like yeah. that. Difficulty settings. And Vincent is saying that, yes, it's on PC. So there you go. Spend the $13 for Game Pass PC. Yeah, that looks like the way to go then. Or if you have an Xbox and a PC, don't bother downloading it for your Xbox. Download it on your PC and play it. And I would say that, like, if the gunplay weren't annoying AF, 40 bucks still a little steep, but I can see paying, like, 30 for it. And I could also see the game that being really sucked. enjoyable. <laughs> what? Just you tried to dive away from the like, dynamite, and they just happened to go the same direction your roll did, oh, and you, you didn't help. Yeah, it's um playing this on console was a challenge. It's not easy. Maybe you're up for a challenge. I don't know, but <laughs> I I've already it. got it installed on Xbox, so I might try it. But. Yeah, but I would recommend you have a you definitely have a PC that could run this, no yeah. problem. Um, and so if you're one of those people who has both an Xbox and a PC. It's not that demanding. You could probably run this on an old GPU even. Oof. Um, it's not that... that. Uh, oh, I thought they shot you in that. It's confusing, it's, though, the yeah. way they do it, right? Yeah. The way they zoom in, it's yeah, hard to it tell whether so it's fast, you or the start, enemy. Yeah. yeah. There's little things like that in this game. Like, it's not quite ready for prime time yet. Um, but this studio is showing some promise. Like, this game is unique. It's got a cool premise. It mixes in yeah. some stuff that hit this person's old fans would, would resonate with. And they... They made it. Right. It came out. It, right. You know, it's like, done. Yeah. Um, mostly done. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's some rough edges in it for sure. Uh, and the storytelling isn't that overt. It's mostly all text. Like the cinematics are just these weird, like, artsy things that 
show this art style that actually isn't in the game. Like, it's a little weird. Um, and as you can see, saving, scum saving is also probably a good idea in this game because you never know what's around each corner. And the game is kind of divided up, like skirmish by skirmish. So you come into an area, you survey the area, you see where all the enemies are, you see where the cover is, blah, blah, blah. You solve it, you have a little bit of area where you just run for a little bit and then you get to the next area and that's kind of how the whole game is like chopped up and designed um kind of like skirmish by skirmish in a way but anyway that's weird west it is available for pc xbox one and ps4 i highly recommend as i've said many times on this show just getting game pass for a month if you're really into it or interested in it and just giving it a go for 13 bucks instead of spending the 40 dollars um I had fun with it. It has promise. I wished that I had played it on PC, maybe, because I do feel like with a mouse and being able to just point Mm -hmm. onto an enemy and then fire, it seems like it it would work a lot better. Still, you're going to be dealing with the fact that everything's so far zoomed out. It's just really hard to make out detail, like what part of their body is above the cover, what is, you know, what's sticking out from behind the barrel. You just can't tell. Um, Isometric shooters in general that aren't, straight up twin stick shooters where it's just like bullet hell and there's just thousands of enemies. It very rarely works well. Honestly, I can't think of too many games where it has worked great. Even, um, what was the game that you mentioned earlier? The, uh, the cyberpunk the one, the ascent, even that one. I thought the gunplay in that was better than this. Mm. Still a little weird though. That game also had cover in it. Yeah. Um, Not, it wasn't as essential and it was automatic. Yeah. It right. Was, it was, yeah. As long as you were behind something, you kind of kept your head down. Yeah, and that game was manageable. This one, in some ways, is not manageable um, as far as the gunplay is concerned. So, again, I do highly recommend that you give it a go on PC where a mouse and keyboard should be a much better fit. So there you go. That's Game Phase 296, believe it or not. That's That's all the topics we have for this week. It has been a very slow week in games. But before we go, we'll eventually do Q&A. But first... We're bringing back Name That Game. Here we go. And it's different this time because you're going to be looking at pictures. I didn't even think about your perspective, Matt. You have to be looking at the pictures on our monitor here. But it's big enough that I think you should be okay. Yeah, I can see it. Um, And we'll see how this goes. Um, (laughs) This is the first time we've used photos to do Name That Game or images, screenshots to do that. To do name that game. You guys could guess it in the first couple, maybe not, but I think this will be a different twist. And since we are a video cast, I think it's kind of cool to do something video or at least visually related for name that game. Um, again, the winner who gets this will get a free copy of Tunic. Um, I believe it's DRM free. And again, this is coming from Justin Horman, so thank him if he's in chat. He has supplied this game for name that game. Um, but I do believe it's DRM free, which means you can. Use the code for either Mac or PC, which is cool. Um, and again, Tunic is a game we just talked about a couple weeks ago that Matt liked a lot. A lot of people have really liked it. It's kind of like a Zelda, like top-down 2D Zelda cross with Dark Souls a little bit. A little bit. It's a challenging action RPG. With a, with a big helping of nostalgic love letter to Japanese game manuals from the 16-bit era. Yep, that's a good way to put it. Um, so anyway, again, we're going to show you a series of photos and I'll leave each one up for, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds before we move on to the next one. Now you guys, obviously you're at a little bit of a disadvantage. You're playing against Matt, trying to guess the game before Matt and you're on chat and there's a little bit of a delay. 
Um, but any ties, you guys win. And even if you're close, if Matt guesses it, and like I look over at chat, and like a beat or two later, you guys guess the name of it, you guys get the win. So, here we go. I'm a little bit nervous with how this is going to go. We'll see. Hmm. We'll see. Um, all right. Name that game. With pictures, is what I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> and here is the first picture clue. Hmm. That bully? They got it before you, but yes, it's freaking bully. <laughs> how do you? How did you know that? I mean, is this just the? It could be a courthouse. It could be a school. It is could it, be the quality of the model and the polygons, like to pinpoint the era for me. And there was just, you know, I remember what that school looked like. And the the yeah. legacy got it first, or no, the arrogant observer got it first. Or actually, look at how many people got it. Yeah, yeah. it looks like the arrogant observer got it first. And then Veritas yeah. was right behind him. Basically, it narrowed down, like, the quality of the graphics narrowed it down to an era, and then I had to think of all the things that I remembered from that era that would have contained something that looked like that, and Bully was the most likely. I thought from this image, some people may think it would be Life is Strange. Mm, no, I didn't look good enough for that. Like the, Does the, Life is Strange look better than that? Yes. <laughs> the textures are much better in Life is Strange. So, I, look, I did take into consideration that you can tell that like it's an older game by mm -hmm. the quality of the visuals. My other guess was actually one of the uh, NFL street Oh, okay. Well, background. Like, like a background from uh -huh. like one of those games. Well, since I did a lot of work on this, I guess we'll go through all the other images. Here was the second one. Oh, yeah. That would That's a giveaway. Really? That would have given it away? I, would def I definitely remember those masks, the mascot masks from Bully, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of iconic imagery in that game. Yeah. If you played it enough. Yeah. Here's the third one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and nobody else. I recognize those feet. Would you? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a very distinctive character model. Here's the fourth. I would remember the uniform. Yeah, the uniform. This is where I'm, like, trying to give it away, basically. Yeah, that's when you, you know. If you, I'm like, okay, we'll show school you uniforms. You're definitely going to recognize the Bullworth uniforms there. Yep, and then here is... If you don't get it at this point, <laughs> you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I guess I failed at my first attempt, unfortunately. But I think it's fun if I can get a little better at it. Um, the Arrogant Observer, you have won a copy of Tunic for either PC or Mac. You can send us a DM right here on Twitch if you want. Um, and just include your email address or however you want us to send it to you. In fact, I could just send the code directly through the DMs here on Twitch, or you can DM me on Twitter at Dinfire, or you can DM me on Sifted at Shane. However you want to get at me, just let me know, and make sure you let me know you're the arrogant observer, and uh, we'll get you the game code. And once again, thank you to Justin Horman perhaps, for... Perhaps has to change his name to the confident observer now. Yeah. <laughs> you can back it up. It's not arrogance, is it? I'm sorry I failed, although somebody did guess GTA 4. <laughs> there is something about the, about the look of it that does say Rockstar. Dan Boy says the crest on the post gave it away. There are some other guesses. The Last of Us. Link So Good says you guys are nuts. I don't know what that means. Maybe he's surprised that people guess it. From yeah, I don't, I, think he, I don't think he got it. <laughs> it's got the school emblem on the post, but you have to know what the school emblem is. Like, yeah. I mean, Bully's a popular game. It is, but it's been so long. I think if you'd cropped out the crest and it was just a picture of like the windows, that would I have been tried harder. to. Like, um, I, try, I tried to, 
But then the picture got so blurry mm. that, and then like the top of the screenshot is at the very top of that window. I tried to get the crest off of that pole on the bottom left, but I, I just couldn't. I couldn't mm-hmm. get it to a good place. Because so. that was the cover. <laughs> so. Oh, that's right. That icon was the cover of the game. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. And I imagine that's even easier for the people who aren't looking at it from like 15 feet away. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Well, anyway, it was still fun, I think. It was yeah. a different way to do it. No, it's a, it's a better idea, I think. And I think it will get better as I start using more recent games mm-hmm. where you can't kind of date the game just based upon the quality of the visuals. Yeah, I look forward to the first 2600 title. Where it's just like <laughs> square, square, what is it, motherfucker? But even like going the other direction and using like really retro games, like 2D mm-hmm. games, that might make it a little more interesting too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right though. Kind of like that PS1 ps2 era game it will definitely narrow down the possibilities yeah. a lot I mean, you're always gonna i mean that was a ps2 game like i could you could tell that was a ps2 mm-hmm. era game yeah they all ever up until a certain point everything has its own sort of look you can tell what's yep. what what bit something is <laughs> it's true um and the arrogant observer here is your round of applause for your victory at name that game all right it's time to do some q a and obviously we have a bunch of time so we can answer a bunch of questions for you guys if you want us to. Uh, and some of you guys are very well trained and know probably to get in there and start asking questions already. Yep, here we go. <laughs> uh, Mitchell is Alive is first on deck. He asks, what's the most formative game? And then he rephrase it as what's your most formative game. What's your game? most formative game? Meaning games that ultimately shaped what games we would like in the future? I guess so. Um, For me, I would say... Wizard of War. Mm. It's a classic arcade game. It was a shooter, but it was Maze. very moody. It had like um, a tone to it that other games didn't really have at the time. That was the arcade game that was in the comic shop I went to. Oh, oh really? It was the only arcade game they had. It's the only place I ever saw that game. It, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it was one of my favorite arcade games. I love the, the voice in the game. Find me a Wizard mm. of War. <laughs> like, And it would just sit there and talk. And it had this like... um. This organ that would play. I just, I love the audio in it. I love the sound effects of firing the gun. Um, I love everything about it. And I can see undertones in that game in the games that I still enjoy today. Mm -hmm. What about you, Matt? Um, That's a hard one. I think I'm going to say the original Shinobi. Because that like I I still like sort of character driven action stuff, uh, you know. There's and there was an intricacy to its design, to its visual design that I always, that I like. It, you know, wouldn't it's not intricate when you look at it now. Yeah. But like I think that set a big tone. That and Rolling Thunder set kind of the tone for what I liked in that era, and I think that probably carries over today in my fondness for third person games. Okay, that's a great question, by the way. Mitchell was alive. That's one of the better ones we've had in uh, our Q and A for a while. Um, the Legacy is asking about what we think of the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie. We Neither one of us went to see it, unfortunately. Nope. I asked Matt about it earlier, and unfortunately didn't, didn't run out to that one, oddly enough. Yep. I only saw the first one because I knew we were going to have to talk about it. Um, Jam Rain, thank you for dropping the uh, the subs into our chat. You're awesome, as always. Hope you're doing good. Uh, Minority Games, what do you want changed in the New Kingdom Hearts? I want a new protagonist. Sora is boring and lacks any growth. Um... I, I think that's just how Square protagonists are, and I don't expect that to change if they replace him. Mm-hmm. I don't care. 
Well, the only thing I want in Kingdom Hearts is I, I'm curious what the what the worlds will be. Yeah, that's it. Like I don't have I don't have any I don't have any requests. It's gonna be obtuse and stupid and boring <laughs> and and annoying, and I'm just gonna want to see what the worlds look like and run through them. My requests are new worlds that haven't been in prior Kingdom yeah, Hearts. Yeah, I think it'd be a waste if you just repeat stuff. I mean, you, I mean, I, maybe you get permutations of things but yeah i think i think you definitely need to like branch if you got the unreal engine 5 to play with do some stuff you've never done before yeah for sure star wars star wars marvel um maybe some of the live action remakes of things you know you want to do the lion king live action or something like you'll mess with that i mean not that anybody really liked that but (laughs) but still um you know push it a little bit yeah See, see what you can do don't just don't just recreate another pixar movie yep Agreed. I also would like to see it made a little more challenging. Because those games are just a cakewalk. Like, they're so easy. I'll play it on Proud. Oh, really? Does it actually get hard? Oh, one of the hardest things I've ever played. Really? Okay. All right. You think think Kingdom Hearts is easy? Play on Proud or Critical Difficulty. Okay. It'll kill you. Well, maybe I I should rephrase that to the default difficulty should be a little bit more challenging than it is. Because it Mm -hmm. really is. I mean, I do think that they're still aiming for, like, they know kids are going to want to play this. Yeah. So I don't, th- I don't think you can make the standard difficulty that hard. Yeah. But the harder difficulty setting, oh, yeah, Proud is a challenge. Oh, I would sure. also say to get, what is it, Organization 13 or whatever, out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't see the, I, I feel like we've done that at this yeah. point. Like, I, th- I was I think hoping we've done the last it, arc think, would close the chapter. I think we've done it several times, yes. <laughs> actually. I just, I don't, and I just still don't understand the point. I, I, I don't either. The like characters I, are lame. You wrapped up the Zenonort stuff for whatever like just get move on yeah get rid of them um okay next question i know you gotta sell robe recreation cosplay merch but come on yeah Uh, make namora draw something new for the first time in 25 years yeah congrim one of the nvidia leaks which games are you most looking forward to i mean good lord there are so many i mean I didn't. Is it a new leak? No, it's the, the same one, one from last September. No, I don't remember. But there's what like else was six thousand products in right. that leak, and they're all coming true one by one. Yeah, it they definitely keep... seems to have been correct. Yes, one by one, they all keep coming true. Um, I mean, a game that was in there that people aren't surprised by that I really want to play and I'm excited by is the new Bioshock. I'm really mm-hmm. am wondering like what they're gonna do with that new Bioshock. I new developers, new team. Um, I'm a big fan of the franchise. I'm a little bit nervous and a little bit excited at the same time. Um, so of the games that was in there, like that I'm really excited to play, that's definitely one of them. But then, I mean, there's well, just... I said, Hardline Communist Society and a volcano base. That's, that's, that's all that's left. That's but, all that's left to do. But there's so much in there. Like, Street Fighter Six was in there. Like, there's... Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's impossible to say, like, what one game um, I was most excited by. All of them. Because there's so many awesome games that are in there. Um, and there's some that we still don't even know what they are because they were like code names or whatever. Um, so it'll be exciting to see what those eventually become. Uh, but one thing's for sure, like that list is legit. Mm-hmm. It's just one game after another. The Chrono Cross remake. There's yep. no way anyone would have ever guessed that they were going to remake Chrono Cross. It's just not. Um, so yeah, go back and look at that. In fact, I talk about that on Good Morning Gaming. Um, and I run down a list of all the stuff that's in that list that we still haven't, hasn't broken yet. Mm-hmm. That's going to be broken. Um, it's like, I think in the, the headline on YouTube, we called it like two years worth of E3 in, yeah. in one leak. It's just that big. Um, so big, big stuff. Um, doo, 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 doo. Cyber Exile, what podcast do you guys like listening to, gaming or otherwise? Um, 
I don't really, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to Pod Save America. Um, most of what I listen to uh, when I'm like doing other things isn't podcasts. It's YouTube video essay stuff. So I listen yeah. to. I will just put on uh, uh, Matt McMuscles and the uh, What Happened game series a lot. That's a great series. I will put. I've been. Uh, from software like Vatia Vidya, Vati Vidya stuff, and like you know, Dark Souls lore was what was my thing for Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, I've been listening to Owen likes comics, do his rundowns of like major storylines and weird history on comic book stuff, especially his thing on Miracle Man, which is really interesting. Um, it's that kind of thing. I don't, I don't podcast, and I I'm bad at keeping up with podcasts. Um, I used, I try to listen to. Uh, um, uh, black on the air when I can because I really like Larry Wilmore and I miss his uh, uh, the nightly show mm-hmm. uh, and I listen to uh, have such a good day which is uh, uh, Sarah Lane and uh, Heather um, oh yeah two of our friends from yeah, G4 yeah, are, are, uh, yeah um, they're our friends uh, but they do a they do a podcast together it's been running a long time yep almost as long as this one yeah um, I listen to and I'm just looking at my podcast now because I'm looking at my podcast feed I listen to Sifted Radio, I listen to Game Face, and I listen to Pactor Factor. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> I honestly do not. Um, I listen to Game Face sometimes, but I don't listen to the other stuff because they're shorter. And I know everything that's in them. But Game Face, sometimes I forget some of the stuff that we say, and I do listen to it sometimes to make sure our audio quality is good, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I listen to a lot of sports podcasts, so I'm a big Pittsburgh fan. Um, so I listen to a lot of NHL podcasts for the Penguins. I listen to a lot of Steelers podcasts, um, some NFL podcasts. When it's Final Fan- when it's uh, Final Fantasy, when it's fantasy football season, I listen to a lot of fantasy football podcasts um, because I just don't have time to do a lot of the research, and it's a very quick and easy way um, to do that. And I just leave podcasts on in the background when I'm doing other stuff. A lot of times, I listen to a couple true crime podcasts. Those are the ones I was listening to have ended, and so I'm not listening to any of those currently. Um, what else do I listen to? Um, oh, I listen to some like record label podcasts, but usually those are just like DJ mixes. Um, so it's a good way to hear new house music mixes without having to like track them all down and download them somewhere. Uh, so I listen to a lot of stuff like that. Like I'll subscribe to like defected records or something like that. And then they'll have guest DJs that come in and do mixes every week or every month or something like that. Listen to a lot of those. I don't listen to any gaming podcasts because I don't need to. It's like, I... Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll just email them if right. I want to know what they think. Yeah. <laughs> if I want to know what Patrick Klepek thinks about something, I'm just going to DM him. him. Yeah. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't listen to any of that type of stuff because, I mean, we do a three-hour gaming podcast. I run Sifted, which is a gaming news aggregator. I just I don't need any more gaming information, um, which makes me feel good because I do realize through my own life that if you just subscribe to Sifted and listen to our shows or watch all our shows – you really don't have to go anywhere else. Like, you're going to know everything that is going on. And some stuff you may not even want to know that is going on in the games industry just by consuming our content. And that is one of the big goals of Sifted, and it has been from the beginning. I wanted to make it a place where, okay, we're not putting out, like, five to ten pieces of original content a day like we used to at Game Trailers. But I wanted to make sure that whatever amount of content that we were able to put out and produce, it was enough to cover you so that you're good. Um, and I feel like we've accomplished that even with the limited resources that we have here. Um, and I'm very proud of that. So, um, this is for Vidya Games. Thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. 
Um, the Arrogant Observer, the winner of Name That Game. What remakes would you like to see made? Ponder Dragoon Saga. Yeah. I mean, that's number one. Easily. What the hell? Like, I don't understand what the hold up. Is there like a licensing thing or something? No, well, they lost the source code uh, long ago. They'd have to build it all. They'd have to build it all from scratch, and it's a big game. It would cost a lot of money, and it probably wouldn't sell very well. Yeah. But that's probably still my pick for best game of all time, or that one or Shadow of the Colossus is mm-hmm. up there. And uh, it'd be, it's a shame that that game is basically lost at this point if you don't have a Saturn copy. Yeah. Um, which I do, but I you know, I did play it on the Saturn again a couple years ago when I got like my, my HDMI connection for my Saturn. But uh, it's real hard to tell what you're looking at sometimes in that game. The, the, the 3D yeah. graphics on all Saturn games have not aged well. So it would be really nice to have, you know, they've done updates of the first two Panzer Dragoons on Switch and stuff. It would be really nice to see Saga get a remake treatment. I agree with that a thousand percent. Um, it's one of the best games ever made. It yeah. still is. I would like to go like way back to like Atari 2600 games. Games where you saw the box art hmm. and it that's what you imagine in your mind and then you played it and you're like, oh, <laughs> this isn't what I imagined in my mind. I would like to finally see what my childhood mind yeah. thought River Raid looked like. It'd be like, fun to see like. a Space Invaders done in that art style. In that art style, yeah. yeah. Like I would like to see stuff like that. Um, I think people have asked this question before, and a game that I always answer with is Star Siege Tribes. Um, they have mm-hmm. made subsequent Tribes games since the first Star Siege Tribes, but they've all just done a terrible job. They've just overcomplicated it and made it way too complex. I'm talking original Star Siege Tribes. You got a base. You got a base. You got some land in the middle. Let's go to freaking war. With like three classes, not like... It eventually got so complicated. There was like... 25 classes in the game and like 40 vehicles no you need like four vehicles you need three classes just roll with the og star siege tribes i guarantee it would be a gigantic hit if you made it free to play all the better somebody please freaking do it it's not a remake but i would really like to see jet set radio future become backwards compatible Mm. on the xbox yeah i i think i talked about this in good morning gaming about that franchise and i was like I don't know if you could make like an inline skating game today because mm-hmm. inline skating has just fallen off a cliff. Yeah, it's coming back a little bit. A little bit. But like, I don't know. Like, it's. I rode my bike down to Venice Beach this weekend, and there you would think it's the biggest thing going because they had a DJ there, and it was right next to the skate park on Venice mm-hmm. Beach, and they had this big concrete open area, and they had a DJ there, and there was just hundreds of people. Just like freestyle dancing on inline skates, like there were like mm-hmm. dance circles, where it's just a big circle and people would take turns going in the middle and like doing their thing. It was awesome, uh, but otherwise, for the most part, like as far as people like going down handrails and doing tricks and stuff, like I cannot remember the last time I was just like driving by no. and I just saw an inline skater doing that. But stuff. I would also argue that that's not the appeal of Jet Set Radio. Like like the Jet Set Radio is about the aesthetic, right? And the, and the so weird. you could change it to like skateboarding. And still, it would work, and it would sort be of, more relevant. I I don't think so. I think just keep it the way it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that that game. I think the first one leans more on sort of the inline skate culture. Yeah. The second one is just a platformer where you're sliding yeah. on everything. Yeah, it's about graffiti um, and just the yeah. culture stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I do like the first one more, but the second one is also good. And like the fact that you can't play it on anything modern, and it was like a, it was a pack in for the original Xbox at one point, and like a, it was like a double pack with uh, yeah. like whatever that other game was it was with. Yeah, what was that? It was like a puzzle game. I want to say. I don't remember. Can't remember. Yeah. But like it was like it was the good one of yeah. the two that was on that that pack in, 
But uh, the fact that that like I mean I'm sure it's a music licensing issue or something. Um, but like it's real sad that that game's kind of lost now. Yeah, that whole franchise is kind of lost. Jet Set Radio One is is still around. Like there, you can get that on on Xbox One right now. Uh, the the 360 re- uh, remake remaster they did. Like, yeah, that's readily available. I think it might also be on on PlayStation. But uh, Future is just if you don't have an original Xbox, you can't play Future. Yeah, it's pretty bizarre. Yeah. They should fix that. They should. Yep. Um, Erebus Jones, what's up, man? How are you? Um, everyone is wanging. I don't know what that means. Maybe wanking is what he was saying or trying to say. I think wa- wanging just means like babbling, going on and on. Wanging like, on about the multiverse. I don't think I care. Am I just being old and curmudgeonly? Yeah. You are, um, but... <laughs> like also, multiverse stuff is not new. Like It's just new yeah, in the mainstream. Not. Yeah. Uh, but I, mean, I will... Second Life was the first multiverse, really. No, that's metaverse. He's oh, saying, he's saying multiverse. Oh, I thought he was talking about the metaverse, though. No, multiverse as in, like, multiple realities of, uh, you know, like, endgame, you know, time travel, endgame, uh, vulture transferring from world to world in the end of Morbius. Oh. Uh, multiverse Oh, so he's stuff. talking about, like, films and stuff. No. Yeah. Like, uh. this, the storytelling has become very mired in, in multiverse stuff since uh, Infinity War and Endgame introduced the concept of multiverse stuff to mass audiences and they accepted it. Mm-hmm. Now you can get, like, there used to be, a, there even at the film festivals that people were talking about how like, they've had multiverse, like, ideas as in the back of their kind of script pitch, you know, folders. Yeah. And for years it was like, well, no one's ever going to want to make this because no one's going to understand what I'm talking about. And now it's like everyone knows what a multiverse is all of a sudden. And it's like this stuff is available and everybody's had a multiverse pitch in their back pocket for 20 years and now all of a sudden studios are listening. <laughs> I will say... It started for me with the Secret Wars comics. Oh, yeah. I mean, multiverse stuff goes back to... I mean, honestly, it goes back to the 40s. Like, they, they dealt with that in comic books back then. Mm-hmm. It's always been a part of science fiction stories anyway, multiple timelines, etc. I will say this. Like, you know, I guess it can be... It's a little oversaturated in some ways. <coughs> but if you go see everything, everywhere, all at once... I heard that movie's you awesome. you don't think that's amazing... Yeah, you're broken. You're, you're <laughs> I heard it's amazing. You're, you're a curmud- curmudgeon about the multiverse. I still won't go see it in the theater. Like you're you're the- in full Principal Skinner, like, no, the children who are, are wrong uh, <laughs> in that. You know, it, it, Multiverse stuff is cool if you do it right. It's also just like time travel. It's really cool if you do it right, but it's also really tedious if you don't. Yep. Just like anything. It's a tool in the toolbox. Um, Sleeping Psychologist, how did you get the idea for Sifted? It really is quite a unique idea. Um, well, first of all, the reason I I wanted to create a new website that was an aggregator was because I hate Twitter. <laughs> mm. um, I don't like the conversations that happen on Twitter. I don't like all the keyboard warriors on Twitter. I don't like the toxicity on Twitter. I don't like all the crap that I have to wade through on Twitter to get to the stuff that I really want. And that's the big thing. Um, generally, my Twitter use for me is like scroll, 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 scroll. Oh. Scroll, 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 scroll. Oh, I wanted something that was like, oh, 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 oh. And that's why I created Sifted. I also wanted to create a community that I wanted to be a part of so I could engage with people who love games as much as I do and other adults who would act like adults on an internet website. And that was really what I set out to create. And then I wondered how I could do that. And I realized that I had a lot of respect for a lot of my colleagues and the work that my colleagues were doing in the industry. And I also knew that it was a startup. There was no way that I was going to be able to afford to create as much content as was going to be needed to have a successful website. So with all those things together, I started brainstorming on it. 
And that's when I came up with the idea for Sifted. Um, and it's by design that you can go to Sifted every day and it's a great place to visit regardless of how much content we actually create ourselves. And the idea, honestly, was that, okay, we'll do this at launch. And at first, almost all the content's gonna be from everybody else. And we're gonna aggregate and pull this stuff in. And it's you know gonna be a custom feed for you guys. You can tell us what you like and you'll get the custom feed. That was important. But the idea was that eventually we would grow and we would be able to hire people and we would start producing our own news. Because the problem with our model right now is that we're aggregating content from everybody else. So we get no search engine optimization juice at all, none. Like we don't get hardly any Google traffic from people just searching for stuff and finding us because Google's spiders are smart and they can figure out that we're an aggregator and so they give all the credit to the original links. And that's fine. Like they're creating the content, they deserve that. And another thing I made wanted to make sure of was if you guys clicked on an IGN article and read it on our site, that IGN was still getting the uniques from you guys, even if it was on Sifted. So it was very important to me that I did not want to be shortchanging the publications that we were aggregating from and curating from, because that would be dirty. If like we were taking the all their work and the money and the money that they're spending to create their content and we're getting the unique from that and we're getting all the juice from that, that wouldn't be right. So um, to our detriment, I made sure that we set up the site in such a way that the websites that the content is coming from are getting all the SEO juice and getting all the credit for it. Um, but the idea was we would eventually wean ourselves off of that and we would have a news editor writing our own version of the news stories that we would get the SEO juice from. And we just could never get over the hump. We could just never get enough people to support us to get over the hump to where we could afford to hire people to do the stuff that we wanted to do. Like, you know, the plan all along was to launch other channels and become a social network where you could go every day and you could say, F off Facebook. I can go to Sifted and it gives me a custom feed of content on all the stuff that I care about. We've never had the money to launch the second channel, which was gonna be entertainment. And then we're gonna launch a tech channel and then a sports channel and then a politics channel. None of that stuff ever happened because we could just never get support. And maybe part of that is my fault because I didn't share the vision overtly enough. Or maybe some people just don't give an F. I don't know. Um, but all the grand plans that we've had for Sifted and all the ideas of what it could have become, it's just turned into a grind <laughs> that I work 14 hour days on every day. It has not become what I wanted it to be. We just never got enough support. Um, I think a big part of it was that like our potential audience, it was split. People were like, I'm gonna go support Easy Allies. I'm not gonna support you. And I can get it on some fronts because they're like, hey, there's nine guys over there. They're gonna create more content than this one guy. And they were right. I mean, it's true. So I can understand on some level where some people had to decide and they decided to support Easy Allies. I don't begrudge anybody for that, but it killed us. It honestly did. Um, like the fans that I thought I had spent seven years, eight years building, a lot of those people ended up going with the people that they only knew for like a year and a half. So again, I don't begrudge anyone. It's your money. You can decide what you want to do with it. But that's what happened with Sifted. We just never had the revenue to market, to grow it, or to launch all the other stuff that was supposed to happen that never did. It's frustrating. I mean, it was my dream and my dream has not turned out to be the way that I wanted it to be. I don't think I'm alone in the world. I think a lot of people have dreams that they work really hard for that don't come to fruition and I'm one of them. So it is what it is. Um, Erebus Jones did mean the metaverse. Oh, he did mean the metaverse. It's a typo. Oh, okay. But um, I believe we believe the metaverse is a waste of time. Um, 
I think it's going to be a waste of time because there's going to be so many of them. Yeah. There's nothing unified about it, and right now they are just another way for a corporation to try to pull you into their their ecosystem. Yep. That's Did all Did you it see is. that yesterday? So we it's already literally, did... It's literally a way of trying to advertise to you yeah. differently. I, I, don't, I don't care. Did you see yesterday Sony put another billion dollars into Epic's Metaverse? Yeah. And Lego that. put a billion dollars into Epic's Metaverse? It's going to be interesting to see. It's almost going to be like an arms race now mm-hmm. for all these players that are serious about building the metaverse. Yeah, well, everybody wants to be the Facebook of, of metaverse, basically. That that is. Well, meanwhile, Facebook is the meta. Facebook has taken the word, yeah, but yeah. like they won't necessarily be the winner of whoever. If that the the problem is becomes like, do you believe? That this is not just another solution in search of a problem situation. Yeah. Like, is that something people actually want that would catch fire that way? Like, if it eventually becomes something like Ready Player One, yeah, that would be something that I would yeah, want. Yeah, but that is decades I away. Know. Yeah. And that was one. That's one of the problems Zuckerberg's having is he didn't make clear to the investors and the board that this meta thing is literally decades away, yeah. and they want something now. And that's going to be an ongoing problem. The advantage that something like Epic has is like they just can milk Fortnite forever, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter when they do the metaverse stuff. You know, like that can just sort of evolve on its own. Yep. So, which is probably why uh, people are so confident in investing big with them is that Epic's not going anywhere. Yeah. Facebook's losing value by the day. Yep. It's an interesting situation, and it does prove that nobody's invincible. Yeah. And that's in that in the tech space. It's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top. Eventually. There's always a bigger fish. I think it might be Apple, honestly. Apple you, Apple tends to have weird little things working under the surface, and they've got that captive iPhone audience, of which I'm one of them. You know, the, and the, the AR on. They've already yeah. pushed AR really hard on it. It's that's the the danger of Apple is they they do stuff internally, and you just they don't talk about it. It doesn't leak. They don't say anything. It just like and then it appears, and then it just boom, there it is. And usually it's done very. And very sometimes well. it's something where people are like, that doesn't seem like anyone's gonna care, and like and then. Nah. And then, <laughs> like, why does anyone care about the Apple Watch? Yeah, I don't get it. I hadn't worn but a it watch sold really well. In it worked, didn't it? Yeah, but I love it now that I have it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I use it all the time. Like, and like all, I was like, oh, why would I want that? And like, my wife got one first, and then I saw her using it, and I was like, oh, I never thought about it like that. And like, that's what Apple does, though. It thinks about things in the way that we never think about them. That we would never think would be a solid use case for it. And it's they're a great company. Yeah. I remember when they unveiled the iPhone and everybody was just like, no keyboard. No one's going to ever want to use that. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, Sweet Cheeks Magoo, one of my favorite usernames that ever joins our chat. Um, if you go back in time and relaunch Sifted, what would you do? Would you change anything? I would change so much. I mean, I could do, I could talk for an hour about this. Um, Cribnode's version, I would launch. I would try to find partners, so I'm not doing it by myself. Um, I would make sure I had more money for marketing than I did, or I wouldn't have launched it. Uh, I could go on and on. It, I mean, the short of it is I wouldn't do it. Because <laughs> I spent so much of my own money on Sifted, and it has not worked out great. Um, the, probably the biggest thing, though, is, in no disrespect to Brent, I love Brent. He did a great job on Sifted. It's a, it's a technical marvel, what he did. But I would pay a company to build it because it just took way too long um i was like missing in action for like two years and you know to my point earlier about people chose between you know me or easy allies like i kind of get it i had like disappeared for like two freaking years i was building the site 
And meanwhile, they were there covering games and then, you know, they lost their jobs and people got wrapped up in that drama and cared about them and wanted to make sure they landed on their feet. Meanwhile, I'm off somewhere just grinding away working on Sifted with Brent. So honestly, like in hindsight, I would probably just hire a firm to build Sifted instead of having Brent do it because he was working a job full time while Mm -hmm. also creating Sifted, which is amazing again that he managed to do it, but it crushed us. Like... You know, we had announced like, oh, it's coming in a year, and then that didn't happen, and then we launched Game Face with Marcus, and the site was supposed to launch at that time, and it kept dragging on, and like, all that stuff just added up to where I am right now, which is somebody who's working like a maniac, literally making poverty wages. Um, is that it? I think that's it for the Q&A. Oh, here's one more. Evil Oni 5. The team behind Panzer Dragoon wanted to make a spiritual successor, Crimson Dragon Saga, but the game tanked. Are you familiar with that? I'm familiar with Crimson Dragon, which was a Xbox One launch game. Uh, the problem with Crimson Dragon was it was more of a, of a normal Panzer Dragoon successor. It was a shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a login every day live service like you know, microtransaction thing, and nobody wanted it. I'm not even familiar with it. I've never even heard of it before. It was a launch game. I played it for a while. It was... Uh, if you didn't throw money into it, you didn't really make any progress. It was just sort of annoying. It was, okay. not, it was, it was definitely Panzer Dragoon. Like, you could definitely tell it was mm-hmm. Panzer Dragoon. But, uh... It's and, weird that they've done, like, just Panzer Dragoon stuff, but it's just a shooter. Like, they mm-hmm. haven't incorporated the RPG stuff. They don't yeah. want to well, go I mean, that extra step. Well, because, you know, three quarters of the series is just a shooter. Yeah. So, But Saga is the thing that everybody remembers as, like, being the pinnacle of things. Mm-hmm. But Saga also is a lot more effort. Yeah takes a lot more work but i think it would pay off i think it would be a good thing to try yeah uh even if you just kind of do a loose reboot of you know even if you don't make it you know it stands along its own fine you don't need to play the other games i think the final straw for me was skies of arcadia which is a great game Mm -hmm. it's a great rpg where's the remaster of that that's a good that's another game that should be remastered but also i was like all the effort that went into Skies of Arcadia could have been put into either another Panzer Dragon saga or remaking it or whatever. Like once I think Panzer, I think making Skies of Arcadia was a better call there. Really? It sold very well and then it did even better on the GameCube. Yeah. So I think that probably did better for them than Panzer Dragoon would hmm. have. Interesting. Like I recognize that Panzer Dragoon is a is a niche thing. Most people don't even know it exists because it was a Saturn series. Most know? people just know it as the most expensive used game. It's up there, yeah. Yeah. It's one of them for sure. Although GameCube games now are just flying through oh, yeah. the roof. Go go try to pick up some of those old 16-bit compile shooters. Yeah. Yeah, they're also going Like a copy the of Alesta will set you back about 600 bucks. Yep. Um, Fox and Crow, I've tried to spread the word. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Like, if people can't afford to help us financially, like, it, social media can make a big difference. I, For example, I cannot tell you. I'm going to ask again because we're closing the show here. Go review Game Face on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. I don't know how many times I've asked people to do this. It takes 10 seconds. It costs nothing. It can make a huge difference when people go on Apple Podcasts and they search video games. How are those results displayed? It's displayed based upon reviews. I went and looked. None of you guys have done it. There are like no new reviews for Game Face on Apple Podcasts. Like most of them are like four years old. That stuff makes a difference. Like, you don't have to spend money. You can share the show on social media. Instead of just, like, just sharing the link, when you share it, say, this is my favorite gaming podcast. Like, just put a little personal note there. Instead of just retweeting or whatever, 
personalize it so that when people see it, they're like, man, this person believes in this show. When you see people asking, and we get this sometimes, but like when you see people on Twitter or on Facebook saying, hey, like, what are your favorite gaming podcasts? Tell them Game Face. <laughs> like, I know you guys see it all the time. And like, I, we do get tagged sometimes at Sifted Games. Like someone will ask that and like two people will say Game Face or whatever. Like all that stuff, it really matters. It really makes a difference and it doesn't cost anything. So I just, I get so tired of asking and like no one ever does it. Like I, I don't know what else I can do besides just spend ungodly amounts of money to market the site which I don't have. So um, if you're asking for ways to help, that's how you can help, like evangelize what we're doing. Tell people that you really like it, but also tell them why you like it. Like say Shane and Matt have been doing this for like, I mean, Matt, we're literally almost 50 years combined between the two of us covering games. That's insane. I don't know any other, is there any other podcast that can say that? Maybe a couple on IGN? Like Maybe, I don't know. Most of the IGN people are way younger than us. No, I mean, there's no, there's still some old heads there like us. And like, if you put two of them on a podcast, then they're up where we are. But mm. there aren't many. Like, so I don't know. I feel like I've done everything I can do, and now I'm just stuck in this put, grind uh, of working my ass off. If G4 ever does stuff with uh, Adam and Kevin, then they're about, they're up in the same there. league too. Yeah. yeah, but there aren't many. Like, no, it's not too much. We have experience. We talk about shit on this show no one else is talking about. We have frames of reference that goes back to the 70s. Yeah, how many, how many podcasts mentioned Ponzi Dragoon Saga this week? Yeah. One. So anyway. Unless, the, uh, except for maybe the Ponzi Dragoon Saga podcast. And look, I see some people saying, like, they don't use Twitter or social media or whatever. I get it. I don't get it, but I get it. Like, if you've made the decision to not use it, then there's nothing you can do. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a peaceful life to me. <laughs> it but... actually kind of does. <laughs> I often wonder, like, if I didn't do this, if I would be on social media at all. Mm. So I do kind of get that on a I certain level. I would be, but... Yeah. Yep. I, don't, I don't really do much on them. I argue with people about Marvel movies sometimes. That's yeah. About it. Yeah. I... It's funny, like, you go to my Twitter feed, hardly any of it's about games, because I am burnt the F out. I do I do this show three hours a week. I do Good Morning Gaming every day. Do you know what it's like to put together a podcast every day? Do you know, yesterday, I can't even believe what I get done on Mondays. I cut an episode of Pactor Factor, which still hasn't gone up, because I didn't have time to publish it, because I had so much other stuff to do. I prepared all the B-roll for this show. I was on like two different calls related to sifted i did i had to do good morning gaming record good morning gaming publish good morning gaming that finished at 11 p.m last night like and then i had to get up at seven in the morning to finish the last stuff for this get the graphics done for this get name that game ready for this it's i can't believe what i do i really can't believe it the amount of content that i create on my own is mind-boggling it really is like, I don't think people get it, like, what I'm doing. No one's doing this. And for a reason, because it'll freaking kill you. And I feel like it's killing me. Yeah, Fox and Crow, it doesn't sound sustainable. It's not. It's not. I can't keep doing it. So I've given this site everything I've got. Financially, my time, my heart, my soul. I just could not get enough people to come along with me. I just couldn't. And that's really what it comes down to. Thank you, Arrogant Observer, for subscribing with Twitch Prime. <laughs> <laughs> We got one. Yeah, we got one. <laughs> My diatribe just made me $2.50. That's awesome. Uh, Mitchell is alive. I've been a sitter since the beginning. I uh, Thank you, man. There's a lot of you. Like, there's a lot of people who get how awesome Sifted is. But, like, we can look at people who sign up to our site. And admittedly, some people show up every, like, 
Wednesday morning, create an account, watch Game Face, and then never come back again. We see hmm. it every Tuesday, every Wednesday. Like, 20 new accounts are created. They come, they watch the archive of Game Face, and then they leave. But most of the accounts, people never even set their SIFT ratings. They just come, and they look at it, and they just leave. It's hmm. like, I don't know. So you're right. Like, the people that use the site love it. And it's how, it's their daily driver. It's how they get all their gaming news now. Um, but convincing people to leave their old habits for something new is very, very difficult. Um, and that's the struggle that we've been up against. So anyway, appreciate you guys very much. The people who are on our streams, the people who are in our chat, the people who show up for Shame versus Elden Ring, all that stuff. We appreciate all you guys. Without you guys, it wouldn't have lasted this long, honestly. We wouldn't be doing this episode right here. So um, much love and respect to you guys for everything you've done to help and support us. Um, we just haven't managed to get enough people to do it through the years, unfortunately. So, and our YouTube channel. I don't, <laughs> I would like to get a report on YouTube of any YouTube channel that has sat completely dead still for four years straight. Hmm. We have been at roughly 15K subscribers for four years straight. It may go up to like 15,100, 15,200. Now we're at like 14,7, 14,8, but it always, it never grows. If it, you don't catch the algorithm, that's that. It never grows. It doesn't matter what we do. We've tried a billion different things. It just always stays the same. It's bizarre. And we've had people like send us messages like, you don't know what we're doing to your YouTube channel. We're totally screwing you over. And like, at first I didn't believe them. I'm like, whatever. Now I'm really starting to wonder. Like, there's some things you can do with, like, downvotes and stuff that can, like, push it out of things. People have seems... told me that even downvotes actually help your channel. They can count as engagement, yeah. But... So just posting comments, even if you're just screaming at somebody, it still counts as engagement to the algorithm. And, I mean, imagine the person who would do that. <laughs> I don't need to imagine them. I see them on Twitter every day. <laughs> it's... Uh, like I said, like, if this... If I weren't doing this, I don't even know if I would even be on social media. Because, it to me, it is just a friggin' cesspool. Oh, it yeah. really just is... Mm -hmm. So come to Sift It, where we act like adults and we love games just as much as those assholes on Twitter. There's our new tagline. <laughs> All right. That's it for Game Face 296. As always, thanks to everyone who sat in on my diatribe and haven't left. If you're still on the chat, that's amazing. Um, we are supported 100% by Patreon. So if you like what you're hearing, head to patreon.com slash sifted and drop us a pledge for just $4 a month. You get all our content early. <laughs> Um, except for Good Morning Gaming, although you still get exclusive perks for that in that you get a podcast feed version of Good Morning Gaming, which is exactly how it's meant to be consumed. If you can't afford to help us on Patreon, I know I say this all the time, but you can also help us with Twitch Prime. If you're watching this show on YouTube, head down below into the description. There's step-by-step -step instructions how to give us a free $2.50 every month. And that's really, like I think, has been the most frustrating thing for me is converting our YouTube audience to people who support us because like they'll leave awesome messages and be like shane i've supported you since your GameSpot days like i've followed you all along but they won't support us so mm -hmm. i'm just like man i've been hooking you up for like 20 some years now with gaming content and you don't want to like i it's don't hard get to it. get people to, to make that jump i mean i have i watch tons of youtube stuff and i never even like them yeah, you, know, it just you mean hit like on the video yeah. or whatever? Yeah. It doesn't even occur to me. I mean, we should probably do a more of that. Like, like the video, hit the bell. Smash like, that like button. Like, Ring that bell. I'm sure that stuff works, I guess. It does. Like, I feel like, I'm, like you're turning into like a carnival barker at that point. Like, I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, 
Step right up. Join the joyride. Yep. Best thing you can do is support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash sifted. That's real money that goes in our pockets, and we spend it wisely. Otherwise, believe me, we would not be here. <laughs> I am not living a lavish lifestyle by any stretch of the imagination. I am pinching pennies to keep it going here. So anyway, thanks to everyone who's on the stream. Thanks for all the great questions. Thanks for all your support, the people who do support us. We'll see you next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>